welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 22. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? Doing fantastic, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. I'm going to cover this JCW Uncensored show from the Boonton Elks Lodge in Boonton, New Jersey. And it was a fun show. Very fun show out of the weekend. It's probably the better of the two shows, as we've seen when they do the GCW Cinema Series. That's usually the JCW card, and the JCW card has turned into GCW for free on YouTube. So if you have not checked out JCW Uncensored, please check it out on YouTube, Game Changer Wrestling. And it should be one of the first videos up there. So go check out a free GCW show underneath the JCW banner. And before we get into the matches, you want to do your little pre-show remarks? Yeah, so we're going to end up opening up this show, and the ring is covered in barbed wire. We're getting barbed wire everywhere. Barbed wire baseball bats, barbed wire chairs, doors, ring ropes are covered in barbed wire. It must have been about a 15 to 20-minute process with three, four men to get that whole thing covered. So it was great to see this from the beginning, and it, um, it created this great... Just this great vision, I guess. I'm trying to think of a better word for it off the top of my head, but a visual. It was a great visual. That was the way to put it. But I'm starting to look at this Boonton Elks Lodge, and I'm starting to see here. I'm starting. Is Boonton becoming a wrestling hub? I'm just kind of wondering here. It's the elk. Everybody wants to see the elk sitting up top of the stage. So the elk is drawing the fans in. Have they named him? Is there... Oh, I said our name for the Booney. elk. Booney the elk. Booney. Booney the fucking elf. I like that. Oh, I call him an elf. <laughs> elf, elk, same thing. All right. So first match of the evening, as you said, we see the barbed wire everywhere, which means it is opening up with the barbed wire death match between Mance, Warner, and Slade. And I was actually shocked that this match was first. I thought this was going to be the main event. I thought this was going to be the violence to end off the show and send all the fans home happy. But I'm actually uh pretty happy it was first because as you said it's a nice way like the scrambles to get the crowd off hot and in this card no better way to start it off hot than with the violence so uh what was your thoughts on mance warner versus slade okay so with slade i've never seen a man in so many death matches with an unscarred face and skin i don't know if anyone else has ever known that before but it seems like he's still so fresh that he really has still that that perfect face which is I just don't know how the hell he does it. And I've seen most of the matches he's had in the last six months or so. You have two, man, right? Yeah, the same thing. Like when, it, like all those thumbtacks he takes to the heads. Every all those oh. the Matt, Matt Tremont thumbtack bats. I'm like, I'm surprised uh, his head's not all messed up. I actually just saw a picture before we hopped on here of uh, a deathmatch wrestler uh, that's also bald like Slade, and like he showed a picture of his head after the bar uh, after a baseball bat. Uh, thumbtack baseball bat that he got and you could just see all the little pins and the holes in his head which is very interesting to see so <laughs> see as you said seeing slade so uh clean and not scarred up is pretty impressive yeah and then you know he's he's such a strong heel and veda's talking about his farmer's tan that he has there oh, that he's God. rocking so you know I, I thought it was kind of a fun thing to do and of course this was this was still more of a fun show the the unofficial gcw show Dueling chance of Mansur and Slade, we go right into a stiff, stiff slap fight. It was really, uh, really impressive. I don't know if someone just cracked the other too hard too quick, but uh, yeah, that was fun. Slade gets a baseball bat, and he punches the baseball bat into Mansur's head. And then Mansur, he was primarily first blood, 
Hansel threw a chair at Slade just maybe 30 seconds after. Then we have Slade immediately busted open. So this really quickly, it went straight to blood. It didn't take long. There was a spot where Slade no sold twice, and uh, I wasn't too <laughs> fond of that because you know how that kind of takes away pseudo realism. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I think I it kind of plays into his character too. I'm the same way. Like sometimes I'm like, like. I get like that, even though I love the one counts sometimes, I think they are overdone, especially if it's like the fourth one of the night. It's like, okay, we've seen it too much. As you said, it takes it kind of away from the realism, but I can see Slade walking through some of the shots that he does, but that was also some where he does need to sell more to make the other person look good or else it just looks like, okay, well, if that won't take you down and this won't take you down, you're just going to have to up the violence and up your intensity on your attacks on him. So it kind of does kind of throw the whole motion of the match into whack but i sometimes don't mind seeing it i think he did overdo it one time here too that's like and i think that's kind of goes off like where you said like how manson uh slade were just slapping the shit at each other right away i just see that kind of like this is manson's kind of moment with slade of hey you ain't walking through this one son like i gotta hit you hard you gotta sell it like slow yeah. it as the veterans always say slow it down kids slow it down i think Vance warner would was a perfect opponent for slade here it's like hey Start selling it, dude. You can you can no sell some of it, but you got to make me look good a little bit here, not just you being the almighty one walking through everything. Yeah, Mance was the vet here. You could obviously see that he was he was making sure the tempo was at a certain level. He was calling most of the spots and when they were coming on. So there there were a couple spots here. There was a spot where there was a top rope suplex through a door. There was another spot where Slade choke slammed Mancer through a barbed wire door. <laughs> Some form of barbed wire were used in about 80% of the offense overall in this match. Um, so a man then comes to the ring. We don't know who the hell it is. He's got a hood on. Um, it's hood foot. So I was, it was fantastic. Hood foot is finally back. And obviously he's back for revenge. Yeah, I liked it too. I just, I don't understand why he waited till the end of the match to do it i just think like hey if he really had some intensity with slade i know you announced this match i know you got to put it on obviously because it's one of the marquee matches if not the marquee match of the night but i just kind of figured like i knowing hoodfoot's kind of character stuff they should have started off with like maybe him and slade just brawling throughout the whole arena to open up the show of hey like we can't even get to man you gotta get through me first before you continue on we're not done with this kind of here i like how they did it at the end i really wish there just would have maybe been a actual winner to this match because once hoodfoot came in the match ended up being a no contest and you heard mlj like uh i don't know what happened here i don't know if there's a winner or not i'm gonna go down for the official word you know i'm gonna actually do my job and get the official official decision here so i liked hoodfoot coming back yes i'm and i'm hopefully he's healthy this time and we'll stay healthy <laughs> obviously with death matches you never know but um i want to see him more in the gcw jcw ring I, and i like how they did continue it and i like how they especially did it too um with hoodfoot not playing any games he whips out the knife and it's like going to try to actually slash slash slate and then i just picture like these two actually probably really do hate each other slate is just unpredictable i've said it before like i would not want to cross the street with him there hoodfoot a mad hoodfoot is someone i don't want to see <laughs> go after anybody because it's just going to be violence too so i like how they did continue it i kind of i like how they did it i just wish the timing would have been different or it would have happened a certain way but for what it was it was actually kind of cool because at first i was thinking maybe it was um mason underneath 
the mask at first, but I'm like, this is a big guy. Yeah. Then I was like, hold on, this is a way too big a guy. Like, there, there's no way it could be Mason, obviously, but because uh, I know Mason and Slade used to work together, and I was like, oh, maybe this is one way to bring Mason up to the main to the GCW roster and do something with Mance. But it was fun. That's what I originally thought. Yeah, and then he had a knife. And he's threatening Slade with this thing in his face. And oh my gosh. And, and it was, a, you know, the continuation of the injury storyline. All the security then's come into the ring and tries to separate the men. They're obviously yelling and threatening each other the whole time. I don't know if someone actually got the knife off a of hood foot or he just gave up and put the knife away. And I but got scared. Yeah. I got scared during that part too because, like, they were down on the ground, like, rolling around. And this knife is still in yeah, Whipwood's yeah. hand with all the referees. Like, I thought that was, like, pretty – like, just watching, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, please don't stab him. Please be careful. Please be careful. And, like, they just <laughs> try to hold him back. You're going to have to get someone else better than Adam Galt uh, to try to hold Hoodfoot back from Slade. So – yeah, you know what? They, I think they both did a really, really, really good job of, you know, trying to put some realism to this. You know, I always love, I don't love the weapon situation, you know, knives and guns coming. There's even a guy yeah. that he's a gun guy. It's like, yep. ah, you know, and I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of weird sometimes because people are kind of weird now. So you never know if there is a wrestler who's depressed or upset. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, that's, that's those weird back in the head thoughts, but <laughs> This this thing was a lively opener, dude. It was a tough freaking fight. Very busy. No dead time. I agree with you. There really should be a uh, there really should be a finish just because I don't know, man. Mance deserves a finish, but I also understand that uh, you know you got to push that storyline. And I think this Slade Hoodfoot storyline is going to be a real big deal coming up. Yes, and I love how you said they used eighty percent of this match was barbed wire, like. If it's a barbed wire match, that this was how you utilize barbed wire. And I thought they oh, kind of, yeah. especially if we see like an AEW when they had the barbed wire everywhere match and they barely used the barbed wire where this match is constantly, you just saw any little way that Mance could have used the barbed wire, he was finding any way to use it. I, I love seeing that for a barbed wire death match. So it was a fun match. Yes, I'm interested to see uh, where they go from here. Does Mance Warner still try to get at Slade? Does Hoodfoot just skip ahead of Mance and get Slade? Like... Blade's got a lot of enemies here. So he is turning kind of into the Charles Mason where everyone's going everyone's to want to get their hands on Slade and Mason. So I like it. I like the, okay. I like the heel. Yeah. Yes, I like the heel work there. Slade, Slade needs to, I'm telling you, Slade maybe needs to be the muscle. Mm -hmm. Those two need to hook up. He kind of was. It was him and Bishop for a while, I know, covering for Mason. So and I like yeah. I liked him in that role like he's that bodyguard in the back like like you see in the movie like a guy walks up in the back alley trying to go into the back entrance of a old club or casino like you know and they're like all right I'm here to see blow so and so and they're like who's that with you like oh that's my muscle back there and then like the guy yeah. doesn't never says nothing just grunts and gives him a look and like okay he's good like that fits yeah. Slade perfectly and I I kind of want to see that more I, I wish they kind of would go back with him and. Uh, Charles Mason kind of still teaming and still kind of doing their thing together. But I don't think they officially ever got out of that. Like they just uh -huh. haven't been put in that situation again. So I think they can okay. get back to it. as far as I can remember the JCW shows. I don't remember them being a big blow off with Slade and Mason, but eh, I might be wrong. Actually, now I'm thinking about maybe at the show, but one time maybe Mason or maybe Slade did get his hands on Mason to kind of say like, hey, I'm done being your muscle kind of thing. You're on your own. And maybe that's why Mason's on his own now. So. My memory's not working fully, but they have a lot of, st after that first match, there's a lot of places they could go, which is 
always a good thing. They got a lot of options they could do next. And I miss Bishop. I just want to mention that too, man. He's he's cool. I'd like to see him come back again. So, so in my notes here, I just wanted to mention real quick. This was the first match where I realized um, no KG again and we seem to be plagued with this and i'm not gonna lie obviously we're recording this after a couple other shows have been on past this so we are all caught up and on the same page if someone is listening to this right now um uh, uh kg please come back if you can man it kind of it kind of stinks not having you here um you're a joey styles no yes. shit. And I'm not kidding. I grew up, uh, you know, ECW was like 93, 94, 95, 93. I was 14. I grew up as a teenager watching ECW. Um, GCW is primarily ECW, just very much evolved. And yeah, dude, this is my Joey style. So I'm really hoping we don't lose our voice because, uh, I tried it the other way and I try to really stay positive, man. I just can't. I just, dude, there's a hole there. Let's yeah. be honest. And it has nothing to do with any of the other people because all the other people are great. No shit. Try to replace Jim Ross. Try to replace some of these guys. KG is a marquee when it comes to our, you know, KG, uh, Prezak. And I have to say, Emil is really rising as somebody who really has to be on that commentary at some point. I don't care if he has to run to the ring, but if you remove Emil from the ring, that's pretty much like the last of the voices. And I mean, KG's over what? When it comes to audio, he's a good chunk of that audio. And I'm like, come on, man. And it's just not the same. And it it stinks on my end. So as soon as he comes back, maybe he's ill. Maybe I don't know. It's none of my business if there's something personal going on. But my God, I hope we have him back soon because I do miss him. Yeah, I Anything? think yeah. the last the last thing I saw on him was possibly the reason why that he's missing the shows is because last I read, like when he first missed the first couple ones, I was like, wait a minute, like. Hopefully everything's all right. I went to check on Twitter just to see if there was an update. Like, yo, he got caught in traffic. Or as we saw, like, this LA show, maybe, like, the airline problems got to him because there's a whole bunch of airline problems. And then I was reading, like, oh, okay, he's moving to New York. So maybe he's just in the middle of the move and stuff like that. So maybe that's the reason why we haven't seen him a lot because he's trying to get comfortable in his new settings and stuff like that. But I'm right there with you. It's just, like... It's not a knock on anybody that's filling in for them that night or for nope. those nights and everything. Like I've said this before with MLJ, like I talked to him about it. It's like, it's not the same. Like he is the energy that gets the fans to have their energy before the show starts for each match. Like his ring announcing brings a different level. He, he MLJ brings the GCW vibe to GCW on the ring announcing. Same thing with KG for us at home that watch on fight TV. AG brings the GCW vibe when he is announcing. There's not, it's not a knock on Denise Salcedo when she's doing the ring announcing every once in a while for a couple matches. It's not a knock on um the lady from Black Pro. Her name skipping my head. Like well, I was praising her. Like that was as close to MLJ as we could got. We got was with her from a guest uh, ring announcer. And I even when they did the UK shows, we hear the UK announcer announce their, the UK talent to the ring and stuff like that. Like it's just a different vibe with MLJ on the in ring. And it's just the same thing at home watching. It's a different vibe. It's very noticeable when KG's not there. Like 
I love Dave Prezak. Dave Prezak, even when I first started watching G- GCW, I had I didn't know about Dave Prezak and his involvement in wrestling. I knew he was an old Ring of Honor announcer, I think. Um, so he was kind of messing. Like for me, I was like, oh, he's messing up the names and stuff. Maybe he's like a Ring of Honor guy trying to fit in on the Indies, but he doesn't know the name. But the more shows I watched, I could see like Dave Prezak was out of it, and he's getting himself back into it, and decided to. Get all the names right. Get the nicknames. Get the moves right. Like you see him grow, and he caught on real fast. And I was like, "Oh, okay. He knows what he's doing. He's actually very good. He just had to grow on me." Where I don't think there's anybody that could take KG's spot. They did Mose yet? The in Atlanta, Mose was okay. It's like he knows the talent, good, but it wasn't the same vibe that we get as KG. We, I've heard Jordan Castle do commentary. He's very knowledgeable on everything that's going on in the West Coast for the West Coast wrestlings. Knows all their moves, the storylines, and all that stuff in the history, which is good. But there's just a different vibe that KG brings, that Emil brings, that Dave Prezak brings, where they are like the staples of the GCW experience when you're either in person or watching on TV. And if they're not there, there is a noticeable difference. And unfortunately, yeah. more times than not, it's a negative, more negative experience than it would be if KG was there. So I agree with you. Like, hopefully KG gets everything settled in at his new place. I think, it, like I said, in New York or something like that, he tweeted out. So hopefully he gets all that settled in and we can hear our Joey Styles back in a, a GCW ring because it's different. Like even Joe, Jimmy Lloyd, when he missed those couple shows, like, cause he, I think he was injured. Like it was uh-huh. noticeable to me. I'm like, where's Jimmy Lloyd this weekend? Jimmy Lloyd's on. Every, that's like if Jordan Oliver, who's wrestled the most for GCW this year, when he's not on a card, my immediate thought was like, wait a minute. I haven't seen Jordan yet tonight. Is he injured? What's going on? Like it's different. It's a noticeable difference where right away it takes away from the show. And hopefully KG will get back on. Cause I don't, there's not a voice I really want to hear other than KG and Dave Prezak or throw in the MLJ on the Luchador. I love MLJ on the Luchador stuff. I just love him. Uh, Calling all the moves yeah. and bringing up all his lucha history, and I love when Nick Gage is on commentary. Like you could fill in a third, but I think Dave Prezak and KG are the n- number one and two, and they've definitely earned it. And hopefully everything's all right, and we can get them back in here because yeah, it has been different. Like this is not a knock on Veda Scott either. Nick Knowledge, they they are wonder. Veda Scott's a wonderful announcer. It's just not the GCD five. That's all. We're lucky. Okay, we're so lucky that Veda's even still available. I'm 100% surprised that she doesn't have a major job just yet. She knows her shit. She knows how to talk. Um, 100%, she's another person that I would never say anything bad about when it comes to filling in or doing whatnot. But I just heard from other fans besides me because they're thinking maybe I know because I'm a podcast guy, but I don't. Um, I just pay extra attention because I'm reviewing. So this is one of these situations where if anybody knows me, I'm reviewing at one, two, three in the morning sometimes. Excuse me. Picture this for a second. KG is basically that dude on the couch that's smoking with you. It's basically just telling you what's going on. And it's almost like you can talk back and forth with him. And it's just this vibe of a fan. It's like an educated fan. This is one of us up there, and exactly what he delivers is just something I really need. So, like I said, we're maybe in the COVID times. So, whatever it may be, we just well wishes until he comes back because we miss you, dude. For real. Yes, definitely miss you. And uh, hopefully, like exactly what you said, we hear you soon to get KG because it's a different vibe with you here. (sighs) That will lead us into match number two of the evening. 
as it is for the DDT Extreme title held by one Joey Janela going against Beastman in a body slam challenge match. And right away, I was, I loved how this was not a real match per se, how it was like a different kind of gimmick match, but it's something that makes sense. And especially in Joey Janela's crazy booking mind, it actually makes sense. But it's different. Where the reason why it makes sense is because it is different. And this has proven a point for Joey about to go back to England as the DDT extreme title holder. So I I loved it. I haven't seen much of Beastman. I think I've only seen like maybe one or two matches of his. I didn't really know much of him, but uh I just know this was one of Joey Janela's like the weirdest, oddest opponents that he's going to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> On paper, it looked like chicken shit. I'm like, who is Beastman? Yeah. Like, this ain't going to, but this ain't going to be a good match. But uh, yes, I loved how they did the body slam challenge for this match. That made it very much more interesting for me. What was your thoughts on the body slam challenge? It sounded like a bland and boring concept. I've seen him a hundred times. You know, here comes the big guy and blah, blah, blah. No, no lie. That's what I was looking for. Okay, so <laughs> I was not looking for beast man to come out at his size they build him on the way out at 500 pounds <laughs> i was so impressed i had to look him up he's 394 pounds build and six foot two i would put him more at 330 to 350 shoot and maybe 510 511 with with rubber on so i don't know where he lands but i'll tell you he lands in the big category so what what swerve on this guy I, I just say swerve because it was unexpected but what got me here was the fact that they played up that he was too dumb to understand the rules it was it. such a key component to the storytelling here. Yep. I love I loved every bit of before the match even started with all that stuff. It was awesome. I, I loved it. Yeah, he just everyone was trying to explain it to him. The referee tried to show him and Beastman obviously slams him. It's just I like the angle. It's something I've never seen before. It was really unexpected and I freaking loved it. I yeah, I, I don't know how many times you could pull that off with it. Be, it. You couldn't pull it off twice and it'd be as exciting because the whole damn thing was unexpected. I loved how MLJ was even running around the ring trying to stay out of Beastman's way. Like, he even told a little story with it, which I loved because, like, yeah, like, even MLJ, like, adds to the story. They're like, okay, this is a guy. He don't know what he's talking about. He might not be smart enough to know, but he is big enough to kick any one of our asses, so... I don't want to make him mad, so I'm just going to say his name and run away from him. And like, this was all before the match even started, which that for me, I was hooked right away. I was hooked and I was loving it. Oh, yeah. The trainees coming in and he had him demonstrate mm -hmm. over and over and over. And initially, I put killing time because yeah. at this point, I was thinking it was going to be bullshit. I, no lie. Yep. I really thought it was. I go, okay, he's coming in. This is just going to be a killing little blah, blah, blah. I really thought Joey was just going to get dumped on his ass and it'd be pretty much over. But the title was on the line. And I'm looking at the, the whole thing. And I know Joey's back is kind of uh, sometimes. So I'm trying to do the physics on this one because it just... Some of this math didn't add up, but the one thing I also seen that they did here that's really, maybe it's an 80s leftover thing, was watching a big man get chopped down. He really did the chopping here. It was, you know, cut, 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 cut. And it really took time. It wasn't a one or two minute little, I mean, it was this long, slow kind of drawn out thing. And they really done it well. 
there was a spot where they finally went to the outside of the ring like only Janela could, and Beastman got sat up in a chair. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We'll go this way because I forgot Beastman sit Janela in the chair. Yep. This, this fucked me up because he runs around the ring, and I didn't expect that. And cannonballs fucking Janela. I was watching this at like two in the morning and I actually yelled Jesus Christ out loud. And I <laughs> never say anything. And I realized I said it out loud after I said it. But and then this is awesome chance. It was just obvious from the get go. And even more now that Beastman is kind of really getting over in JCW. And I'm, I'm with them, dude. This guy is awesome to watch. I loved how he carries around that big old just bone like he's Fred Flintstone too. Like that was hilarious. Like I, I, I think yeah. I loved what happened before the match even more than the actual match itself. Even though the match, as you said, it was kind of like it made sense the way Joey like broke him down and was able like to kind of wear him down before he gets the body slam. But I love the false attempts at it where you just never know. But just the trainees and Joey Janela getting mad at one of the trainees. I forgot what one of the trainees said at the beginning, but like one of the trainees is like, is that something you just see Joey just goes, oh my God, this is what we're living with now. This is what kind of people. Oh, I think that's what it was. He's like, oh, what's, what's the what's the first move you learned in, in wrestling school? And he goes, Canadian Destroyer. Yes. And like, instead of a body slam and Joey's like, oh, Jesus Christ, like what is wrong with these kids? <laughs> And like, I think that was a story going on before. Like, I, I, it's a long going thing where right? everybody's doing the Canadian destroyers. So I like how Joey brings the, like, kind of the pop culture references or not the pop culture, but like the wrestling culture references that's trending uh -huh. on social media. Like, he brings those into his matches and stuff like that. And like how he got mad at the trainees and was chopping the shit out of him. Like, I just loved everything before the match even started. And then you see Beastman get mad and just start chopping a trainee for no reason, too. It's like, all right, the match is on. And then. It was a pretty decent match. It was a lot yeah. of a lot of theatrics, obviously, but it's Joey Janela. Like he he makes anybody look good. Whoever he's in the ring with, I don't this year, I don't think I've seen Joey Janela have a bad match this calendar year. I have not seen one where I'm like, oh, I didn't really like it. Like every opponent, whether it's made sense in a logistical kind of form or Hey, it's Joey Janela, and he wants to get the weirdest wrestler there is that nobody's heard of, but put them over and show how good he really is. Let's pull a beast man out of the way, or let's pull in, like, well, Suzuki's over, but, like, let's pull a Suzuki in. Like, I just love how Joey Janela is so flexible, and his matches are, like, so varietyed, where it's, like, it's kind of seeing the same formulaic in-ring, where it's, like, a lot of outside stuff, a lot of distraction, a lot of fun, a lot of comedy, but when it's time to get serious for the ending, like the last 10 minutes, he kicks it into another gear and Joey's on another level right now. And I'm loving seeing it, love watching it. And Beastman, uh, yeah, I could see Beastman back in a JCW ring. I don't know about GCW quite yet, yeah. but at least a JCW ring. Yeah. There was, there was a couple of times where he was maybe just off a little, like he slipped on the top rope yeah. in one spot. It was kind of towards the end of the match, but again, that's just a slip, but you know, he puts, uh, he puts the guardrail on Beastman, and Joey does a swanton on him. There was another spot where uh, Joey eventually got slammed into it from the beginning. So this this uh, poor guardrail was showing some wear. Now, there was a great shot, and I don't know how many people caught it, and I hope someone can go back and catch it. But there's a spot towards, obviously, after this swanton. But Joey's on the, the, rings, uh, the ring posts. I think he's on the corner, one of the ring corners there. And if you look, the camera is directly right where the elk, uh, the elk, uh, it's not horns, the antlers, the elk antlers are directly perfectly over his head. 
and it looks like he's got elk antlers. It's actually oh, pretty damn cool. If someone can, yes, if you can find it and screen capture it, it's actually kind of cool. But I was doing my notes and I looked up at a glance and I saw it. And I'm like, that is so cool. Um, I would say my vote for Beast Man to come back again, I think, and most people would say yes. Yeah, I, I think for what it was, yeah. like, uh, even at the beginning, too, like, when all the shenanigans were going on, you see him just kind of laying on the rope, like, the second rope. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, this guy, is this going to be a good match? Like, I was actually getting concerned there, but once it kicked into gear, it was fun. And um, Joey did a crazy, like, not a crazy, but, like, a he had Beastman laying on the outside and put the chair on him, and then he went to the top and jumped on him and then, like, landed on it and didn't just fall off of it. He, like, stuck the landing where it's like, put all the force into Beastman with that chair and like just stuck the landing, which I thought was impressive watching because Beastman's a giant dude. Like Joey Janela could have bounced off. Well, when we talk about the LA show with their match against South Pacific Savages, when Joey bounced off juicy finale, it like looked like he just elbow dropped concrete instead of an actual human being. Like that's what I saw in this match. Mm -hmm. Like he just stepped on Beastman and Beastman like just didn't even move. And Joey, Joey's good, man. I like Joey. And this was, this was a fun one. Like the, they, did a lot of crazy like guardrails and chairs and dives. Like I loved it. This was a fun match. This was a typical Joey match. Well, it was a hell of a lot more entertaining than I expected. Yeah. I was expecting a two out of five. I got a four out of five <laughs> kind of match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is another one of those Joey matches where I don't know if he could. I'm sure he could pull it off again, but I don't know if it'd be entertaining as much the second time. So kudos yeah. cool for Joey for putting on another entertaining match and hitting me from the side with something I a hundred percent didn't expect. Yes. And I don't know if he said who won, but Joey Janela no. <laughs> did win as he did body slam beast man as beast man was on the top rope about to do a splash onto Joey. Uh, Joey caught him up top and then end up power slamming him down to the ground from the top, which was the actual body slam. And that was for the victory. And also too, I liked how Beastman kept on going for pins, like playing off of not knowing yeah. the rules of the, the yeah. match. Like he was an actual caveman. <laughs> and the slam was really well written because if he couldn't get him up, that's a great way to write in a bigger, bigger man because the whole time that story is kind of, how in the hell is he going to flip this yep. guy? And then eventually, of course, he just gets on the top rope and gets up from underneath him and the guy does his thing. And, you know, I've, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that kind of a finish before, but that finish is genius. And that allows you to get these huge guys that you normally wouldn't see uh, somebody even try to slam because they just physically couldn't. Yeah. Very entertaining match, Joey Janela and Beast. And that will lead us into our third match of the evening. Another uh, gimmick style match as we have the bull rope match as Charles Mason goes one on one with the one called Manders. And I was excited for this one. I was kind of hoping this would have been, I, even though I honestly didn't think it would happen, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope Charles Mason gets his comeuppance tonight. And I hope it's Manders that uh -huh. does it. Because Manders has been like one of those people lately for uh, GCW that's like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Whatever you need me to do, I'm ready to come in, kick ass with SGC, party with him, drink, and then do it again the next night. And I like seeing Manders... Uh, on more of these shows now more recently because I know he was on him for a while then took a little break and then now he's back here and I'm kind of glad he's doing it and I think he's like very fit like perfect too for he's good for GCW but I think like if JCW ever has like a kind of a quote unquote title or start doing story like more storylines stuff like that this was one I think where these two could kind of carry the JCW uh brand and like kind of be the stars of it as 
Charles Mason's that dastardly heel that everybody hates. And one call Manders, he's just impressive. He's very easy to get behind. The crowd loves him, and he's always there and gives 110% and just is willing to do whatever it is for the company to succeed. And obviously, how can you not like that? So um, this being a bull rope match specifically, too, is why I thought maybe Manders might be able to get a little comeuppance on Charles Mason. Um, but uh, what was your thoughts on this match? Okay, the first thing I was thinking was I was hoping Mason wasn't going to come out of the bull rope so we could actually have a real match. No shit. He's a spoiler kind of heel. We talk about that all the time. You know, we go five, six, seven minutes in. We're emotionally involved. This is going to be, oh, we finally get this ass kicking, just like you're saying. And, you know, he just slips out and then it's no contest and somebody helps him kick somebody's head. No. We actually got a real match where both of these guys stayed on that bull rope. So it, that was satisfying right from the get-go. Also, there was that cowbell tied to the middle of the rope, and I was wondering how that was going to be used and how hard. Um, Mason did spend a lot of time trying to re escape, so it wasn't like he wasn't trying to get out of this thing the whole time. The cowbell, yeah, that was used several times. Mason was getting heavy booze as usual. Manders was the first to get uh, busted open, then beaten, and then stabbed with the belt buckle. Uh, both men used the ring as leverage against the other quite a few times with that rope. Mason was being beaten a lot. He was almost choked by the ropes on a body slam one time. That was when I started to realize that these bull rope matches can be a hell of a lot more dangerous than maybe I expected. Maybe it's because the ones we saw before were maybe from the WWE style or level, and now we're seeing different ones here. But no lie, I don't know why, but it seemed really a hell of a lot more dangerous this time. And kudos to them because, you know, they put it out there like that for sure. Yeah, I always, not on the bull ropes, even the strap matches and stuff, anywhere that they're connected like that stuff, I always wanted like the chains or whatever it is. Like, I always get like, my mind's too is like, what is something like something's going to catch? Like there's a lot of room for disaster in these matches. And I like when I see these, I kind of look out for that too. And yeah, when uh, Mason got body slammed and I saw him get kind of tangled up in those ropes, it's like, oh God, you got to watch it there, man. Like you might unexpectedly choke yourself out or get caught where. Yes. Yeah. Even when Mason brings out the the piano wire or whatever he uses to choke the wrestlers. Like I always get like, he's that's a thin slice. Like, I don't know. Like he's so good at his character. Where like, I even tweeted out today. Like, Oh, I not like nothing makes me happier than taking my clothes to the, my bloody clothes to the laundromat and dropping it off and seeing their reaction. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell happened? Like that just, I just loved it. And I like the setup to the story. It's like a very easy story to tell. We got the rich spoiled kid who thinks he deserves everything. And, we're all slums because we don't have as much money as him. And then you got the one called Manders, just a hard worker, getting his own, like not worried about the money, but getting what needs to be done. And just a solid hard worker that's nothing's given to him. He's out there fighting and earning it. Like, I just really kind of want to see these two lead JCW because like Manders, I think not that he would get lost in the shuffle, but it's just there's a lot going on where in GCW and he fits in with SGC. But I would like to kind of see him on his own, have a title and kind of just carry the brakes. I think I watching this match. I was thinking like these two could carry and be the stars of JCW for a couple years, but even who knows Mason's the way he's been killing it. He might go up and to the GCW uh, events more often. And 
Um, yeah, this was a fun one. They utilized the ropes. They utilized like, hey, I'm trying to run away. No, you're not. Get your ass back here kind of thing. And it, it was a great storytelling match. Just the the pacing of this match and the storytelling that they did was fantastic. I loved I loved this one. Like they said, I didn't. This one I was looking forward to, but bull rope match, as you said, like I've seen a couple of them where I'm like, I, I'd rather just see a regular match. But this one made sense and I and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, some of these some of these bull rope style matches can be lame. We've seen some that yeah. they're uh, um I think you were talking about how JCW, how you'd like to kind of put them in a in a main roster, you know, main event kind of situation. I agree with you. I think at the minimum they're both solid spots. Yeah. And you know, you have you have Mason, he's just so damn menacing, and you have Manders in this old school gimmick, and he does it so well. It's so rare to see a good cowboy gimmick, and he's just he's so nice too. So he can play both yep. roles really well, it looks like. He has that kind of dynamic character, which is just fantastic. But out of this one, really, I just wanted to say, at least to both performers, that they use the rope and the ring really well here. They use leverage a lot really well. So, uh, yeah, I say kudos a lot, but kudos to them, honestly, because they did a they did a really good job here, and they made it look, and it was really dangerous. Yeah, and I, I don't know how Mason does all these matches in his freaking suit still. Like, that's just impressive to me. And same thing, Manders, yeah, I don't yeah. know how he wrestles in cowboy boots, like... I don't nope. like some of these things are just incredible watches. Like I could not do cowboy boots and I could not wrestle in a suit. Like I'd right away just want to rip that thing off. But I, I think they got something special here where with JCW where I know they don't do as many shows as often. It looks like now it's about maybe they're trying to do like once every other month or something like that. Where and same thing with LA fights too. I think they got a solid enough roster. And yes, I know it's the independence and trying to get the schedules all online and blah blah blah. But I think if like you plan it out where like they could have like Reach since they are on YouTube and they're all free anyway, which is awesome because we get to see awesome wrestling and awesome from, thank you. from GCW for free on YouTube. So, yes, thank you for that. But I just think, like, I think it's time now. It's been almost a year, well, over a year for JCW and LA Fights is about to hit a year, I think, coming up where I would like to see more events from both companies of maybe once a month or once every other week, do one JCW show, one. LA fight show a month and like now we're getting more GCW content and stuff like that. But as I said, for free and obviously you're not this one, you're using kind of quote unquote, your bigger names because of it being a actual GCW show and not the settlement series kind of thing. I just think like, I want to see more being done with JCW and um, LA fights. Cause this one was actually good because I liked all these gimmick matches all the matches had a reason and purpose and a big payoff i like i want to see that more often not once every two yeah, three months yeah. i would like to see it kind of continue but i do like how they kind of feed into it during the gcw show sometime where mason will come in and go after amanders or spider nate web and stuff like that so i just think like i watched this one i was like this has this is like main event level and you can say the same thing with mance uh, warner mance warner and slade but mance warner is obviously more gcw where slade could be on JCW more so, or um, like, I don't know. You, I think I'm saying, I know I'm not saying it right, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, I want to see them get more of that time that's available to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's, okay, so, so we'll get this out of the way because we are covering a heck of a lot here, and this is really good stuff. Our winner, Mr. Charles Mason. He choked out Manders with the rope until he passed out. 
I honestly thought that was a fantastic finish. Yep. And with the wrestling, the wrestling was satisfying enough in this one that I was still happy with the ending. And I was obviously pro man. Well, not pro manners, but I was just happy. It was just really, um, again, it was just a satisfying amount of wrestling for what? Almost the 12 and a half minutes. No shit. I was singing, uh, shuck them up, man. Just shuck them up based off of the (laughs) backyard show. Uh, No shit. I swear to God, that chant stuck with me. I was like watching him, like when he slammed, it was, I think it was the same move you said when he slammed, uh, facing through the ropes and like you kind of see his neck kind of get caught with the ropes and the bull rope and stuff. I was like, I was like, shuck him up. Fucking that's what he gets. (laughs) God damn it, Mason. Like, but for a heel to get that kind of emotion out of you, it's like, you know, Mason's doing something right. He's killing it in other, these promotions too. Like House of Glory, he's killing it there and he's having good matches. And I, I love seeing the growth of these two competitors. I want to see more of it. I want to see this kind of continue on because it made Manders, this loss didn't hurt him because he didn't tap out. He didn't give up. He didn't lose. He got choked out by a foreign object during a match. So it's not like his he gave up. His body failed on him. So I think that kept both of them looking strong where Mason obviously probably needed that win still. And Manders doesn't take a bad loss or it's like, Oh, he's coming off loss. Like, no, he got choked out. So it kept both competitors looking strong after this match. And I, I loved it. I love the ending. And that will lead us into the fourth matchup of the evening as it is for another extreme title, as it is for the GCW extreme title as Cole ratty daddy. Radrick goes one on one with Alec Rice. And yes, I was all in on this one. This is two competitors I want to <laughs> see. I was I I was all in. At this point too, I got to those first three matches. I'm like, this show has actually been way better than I thought it would be. Um played out and everything. So like my momentum, my excitement was going. And then this being the next match, I was I was all in for it. Looking forward to a nice fun match. Paul Radrick, Alec Price. What were your thoughts on their match? So I don't know if you have looked at the uh PWI 500. Have you looked at that or no? Yep. Okay. Uh, Mr. Alec Price ranked number 159. Fuck yes. Someone gets it. I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. Whoa. Yeah. Right between Rich Swan and Mark and Jay Briscoe. Alec Price. We need to get that boy on the main roster at GCW because we need to see more. Something's going on there, man. And, um, yeah, we're going to go over these rankings with your okay here at the end of the show. I was yeah. actually going to list who are ACW, AEW people or people who have showed up in AEW in the last year that ACW? made the list. Did I say AEW? Yes, you did, sir. <laughs> no shit, dude. No, I love, I love that tweet yeah. you did. That was such an awesome tweet. I wanted to talk about it too, but we could talk about it at the end because I love that tweet you did because that just shows what GCW is doing for these wrestlers and for themselves, obviously, and these other companies providing these talents and getting a more exposure to get those higher rankings. I definitely want to go over that uh, at some point at the end of this podcast. You announced you announced the pot, you announced this next match, right? Yep. Cole Radrick versus <laughs> okay. Alec Price. Mr. Right, 151, so... right? Is that what you said? 151? Yeah, yeah, he's rocking it. I just that surprised me. Yeah, I, that's a shocking that, that, that really surprised me. Um yeah, right underneath uh, Mark and Jay Briscoe, no less. That's impressive. Wow. Yeah, so here we go. The good old 90s nostalgia. We were talking about ECW. Cole comes in with that fucking new Jack entrance. I was in true 
heaven. It was so nice. I was just, it was lost. You see Cole coming out with all the weapons. He beats the shit out of Alex for like a solid five minutes. And I don't know if anyone had a chance to watch this or not, but hopefully you've watched it by now. But having the music kind of gives the impact more impact, if that makes sense. When yep. somebody gets cracked with a fucking cane, it hurts and you see it. But when the music's going, there's like this hype live thing with it that feels so good. And then you're seeing people bobbing their heads in the crowd and you're seeing the sound engineer back yep. there bobbing his fucking head. Like it's, there's something cool about matching music and wrestling together when it's done right. And for some reason, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but this song has always kicked for me personally. And I always love it. And this really, this one, really hit home and it was so fantastic to hear it yeah i loved i loved it because i was there for anarchy in the arena and like after the that wild thing was playing for like the second or third time everyone in the crowd's like what the hell's going on like uh, what is like but you want it you had that so far back in your mind because there was so much going on but as you said that music adds a different vibe to it and you just could tell that music and Col Colt Radrick was on something else this night like I think he channeled his inner, uh, inner new jack because I love how he came out he's like oh hold on this is for the extreme title I forgot something brings out the trash can full of the goodies gets like and I like how right away he just went right in and plungered Alec Price right in the balls with the plunger and we're not waiting for introductions and blah 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 like I'm out here. We got the weapons. Let's go at it. And right from the get-go, it was boom, 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 boom. And I loved it. I loved every piece of it. You can see Cole Radjic, though. He was feeling himself, even doing the little dance and stuff like that. I like how he's uh, out there now and getting more comfortable in himself with his skin and his character and enjoying the fans. Like, I love – like, this was such a – I'm even talking about right now. It's like the hot start, like at Anarchy in the Arena. The music's still playing. Hold on, the match started. Cut the music, and they still stayed on for a little bit longer, which is like not like it was fine. It was good for how long it did. There's Anarchy was way too long, but it just added a whole different <laughs> vibe to the the match. And like as you said, like when I was listening, watching, I'm like, hey, stop the music. Oh, we're going Anarchy in the Arena style. And like I started, like yes. I was watching it, like kind of pounding my fist and like, let's go, let's go. And it started mm -hmm. off hot. And I kind of stopped though. What's called Radrick threw like the table at Alec Price on the outside and like hit that lady, the fan right there. I was like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, slow down, guys. Okay, slow down. <laughs> like, stop it all. Let's slow it down. And like, you can't even say Cole Radrick kind of go over there, like, hey, you okay? I'm so sorry. Okay, let me go kick his ass again. So I, I loved hey, it. This, this was such a fun match. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, oh, I was going to say five, six minutes before yeah. Alex starts taking over and really putting his offense there on Cole running cannonballs on the outs to the outside of the ring there. When we see people sitting, that has become definitely a thing that they like to do now in GCW. I've seen in the past, I don't know, two, three months or so ladders, chairs, doors, a garbage can lid, uh, a garbage can plungers. A stick with a water bottle on the end were yeah. all some of the weapons that were used in this match. They were fantastic. Price has a fantastic gotch-style powerbomb. I just wanted to mention it because it was worth mentioning. Anybody who's a fan of his probably already knows about it. Anybody who isn't should probably go check that move out from him. I think that's all I want to say for a minute. I want to pass it back to you before I talk anything else because I want to say something kind of cool here once you're finished. Yeah, I 
Alec Price showed me something new. That's where like I was watching this match too, and I started thinking about the first three matches. I was like, hey, everybody that I've seen before has shown me something different tonight. They've shown me an evolution of their character, their moveset, something. They evolved, and I loved seeing that. And like I, I haven't watched a lot of Alec Price outside of GCW. I know he's very active outside of GCW. I think I've seen him on like a couple Beyond shows or something like that, but I don't think I've ever seen him actually use that gotch power bomb, as you said. And when he hit that, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I loved it. Maybe he has used it and I just totally missed it, but this one stuck out to me as like the first time I've seen it or it just maybe looked way better than the rest because this was a fun, energetic, high pace. Boom, we're not waiting for the bell. We're attacking, fighting, and it made it feel like an extreme title match, which I love that Cole's doing that in these matches because obviously when you're the extreme title holder, you have to get extreme and it's not always going to be thumbtacks, chairs, doors, plungers. Sometimes it might be in a scramble with a one door, two doors. So I just love the variance of how Cole Radjic's using this run as the extreme title holder and getting violent when he needs to, but also when he doesn't need to having fun with it while defending that title. It's I like seeing Cole have fun. I like saying wrestlers have fun in general, but Cole's like just on a, another run right now where you can see he's enjoying being the extreme title holder, and it means a lot to him in his performances in his match. You could kind of see it there, too. So, okay, so I'll go ahead and announce the winner, and then I'll kind of go into what I wanted to talk about. But, yeah, there were great use of weapons. These two worked their asses off. The winner, Mr. Cole Radrick, retains. He stands on chairs. He picks up Alec and put a pile driver onto those chairs. It was a vicious little move. Both these guys earned their paychecks for the night. So here's what I kind of wanted to mention. I think we need to start realizing that Cole's defense of this title is a legit reign. We're looking at this now. This isn't just a Passover, holding it for two shows until the next guy comes through. You know, he's defending it on every show. We've seen that now for months. He is taking that title to many other companies. We've seen that personally. And now he's taking that all over the world. If anybody has not had a chance to get on the cold train, they might want to, oh, the cold train. They might want to get that soon because honestly, they're seeing Cole right now in his peak. And we don't know how much higher he's going to go, but where he's at right now is freaking fantastic. So I thought I just wanted to mention that real quick that, um, yeah, Cole's one of my guys, but I have my, yeah, I have my eyes on him enough to know when he's really shining, somebody better pay attention. And now's the time for new fans to maybe grab on and see what Cole's all about. Yeah, and I think obviously everyone knows it, not just I think. It, it all started with that match with Orrin Veidt where he dove into the deathmatch scene and came yep. out and killed it there. But I think that just showed, like that gave him the confidence. That crowd was like, hey, they really do like me. I don't have to like not go all crazy, but I don't have to like change anything. They like me for what I'm doing right now. I don't have to do something. Yeah. That's not my character. Like he didn't, he has not changed since he's, been since that match or since he's become the extreme title holder like nothing's really changed other than you see the enjoyment that he's having in the moments of these matches and enjoying what he's doing enjoying who's he who he's competing with where he's competing you just see the joy in his face and that's i think giving him the confidence to go out there and ball out and not worry oh. about was that Bingo. That's the fucking word. His confidence. Yep. I've watched this guy now for quite a while. You can see 
it's because his confidence is so damn high and it's fantastic to watch someone go from somewhere where they're kind of iffy and you know and then to be justified for all their hard work and this is his confidence showing and he's just becoming a bigger star yeah like he doesn't like look any like before he might have looked like, hey, if I got to hit this move clean or else they're going to boo me or they're going to give me shit or, hey, I got to do this way, some this things. Like, I have to do something that's not what I normally do to get over with the crowd. That's what I saw from him before this Orin Vite match. And once he had that match with Orin Vite, you could kind of see it's like, hey, they're cheering for me and all I'm doing is just deathmatch. Like, and I'm actually doing good and they're cheering for me to go into, like, one of the premier deathmatch tournaments in the world. Like... That's how you know, like, hey, they love me, but I'm going to keep on doing me. I love how he didn't change either because I've seen, like, let's say I want to use this as an example. It might even be a poor example. And it's not in a bad way because I love this new character, but it's Alex Zane. Where Alex Zane, when he was in GCW, before he left for WWE, he was killing it. He had the co- he was doing good. And then you see he went to the big company, or WWE, came back down. And when he came back to GCW, he was still doing what he did before but he wasn't getting the reactions that he was doing before he left. And then you see like, Hey, I got, we got Hammerstein coming up. It's the biggest show of the year. I'm on it. Hey, let's introduce a new gimmick. And it fits me more where I'm going to be the most entertaining man in GCW and dressing all red and have the Taco Bell stuff, which he always is at anyway. But that flashiness yeah. of the red, I think that gave like once he did, he had to go debut a new character, a new style to get over re over with the crowd where Cole didn't hasn't hasn't need to do it. Didn't do anything. All he's done is show us like, hey, I'm enjoying myself. I'm loving this. I'm having fun. I'm confident in what I'm doing, and I like how he didn't have to go and change everything to make it successful. It like the success kind of came to him in one night. So like that just shows you how one good match could change an outlook of what that was in early January, I think. So over the course of this yeah. year, one match turned Cole into. The coal train, as we say now, I'm going to start calling that the coal train. I like it. And giving him the confidence to just be on the run that he is right now. And I love seeing it. And I love seeing Cole happy because you could tell he's really, really enjoying himself right now. For our fifth matchup of the evening, we have a last woman standing match as Sawyer Wreck. One-on-one against Nai Kai. And yeah, I was waiting for a slobber knocker here with these two just absolutely beating the shit out of each other and seeing all the striking and the slapping, the loud slaps that Sawyer Rekta, especially when she backhands uh, other wrestlers. So, yeah, this was going to be a slobber knocker for me. What was your opinions on this match? Oh, boy. Um, same thing. I was really expecting, like, a hard-hitting fucking affair between these two because Janai don't even know what any strike is outside of hard. Yeah. Like she doesn't have a soft strike in her body and Sawyer is so strong and has those long arms and long legs to where she's in a, a complete category of her own when it comes to the women's division. I mean, there isn't a women's division, but man, she is like on another level. This thing started with a handshake. So it was nice to see that it was going to be a little bit more of a friendly affair, quote unquote. Sawyer comes out strong. Janai's unable to move her. I put even in my notes, Sawyer is huge. <laughs> yeah. Janai eventually works down Sawyer, puts her into a vicious headlock. Both women are using a lot of strong strikes, no small punches or moves being displayed at all. 
I'm just noticing in my notes here, I had that GCW's ring was absolutely wrecked. I'm just now realizing like how much abuse that freaking ring has taken. Yeah, I'd say about 90% of the blood on that mat's probably uh, Vance Warner's from earlier in the night. But yeah, the same way, yeah. it's like funny seeing the ring, how it starts off nice and clean and what it turns into by the end of the night. Like, I always pay attention to that, like during the deathmatch tournaments and stuff like NGI and TOS. I always like, I'm actually paying attention to the mat. It's like, oh, it looks nice and clean. And then after the first match, it's like, okay, that, that ring's wrecked. So we're not going to be using that one no more after this night. But... Uh, yeah, this was a good one, and I'm kind of—I'm actually not kind of glad. I'm very glad they kept all the fuckery out of this. Like, there was not really chairs, doors, and all that stuff. It was yep. just straight on, one-on-one -on -one women's match, last last woman standing, and I loved that part of the aspect of this match because, yes, we've seen Sawyer wreck and what she could do in the death match, and a little bit of what she could do when it's not a quote-unquote death match is still kind of gets extreme, and I think that's because. I still I don't know exactly how long she is, but like to me, she still looks like she's new and kind of learning on the job. But she's like learning quickly on the job and had definitely has a look to earn the right to learn on the job and be as fast of improving her in-ring ability. So I think that why they do some of that extreme stuff with the death matches to kind of hide that stuff where this match, she didn't have to hide anything because this was a nice, solid, just a straight like I thought this was like I picture as like an MMA match kind of just. Hey, we're not doing anything. We're going to keep it inside. We're going to just beat the living shit out of each other. And I'm just so glad that there weren't any weapons involved to kind of skew what might have happened during this match. You know, it's funny thing. My note to really wrap this up was good to see Sawyer in a real wrestling match. I needed to see this. I think the fans need to see this, too. She can take a hit. She can take punishment. She can give out punishment. But we need to see if she could do all the fundamentals and if she could actually entertain us without the use of bleeding or a chair or a weapon now there was a chair just shortly for a little while yeah. on this one but that really had a limited impact compared to what most weapons would be used in a basic gcw jcw situation but um my next my next note had to do with the announcer uh because <laughs> i didn't know but yeah i was yeah um by winner so you wrecked the account out Choke slams Janai onto chairs. This was a very quick eight-minute match. Honestly, it was like um, an inhale between exhales. I don't. I couldn't think of a better way to put it. But that's that's what I have to say about this one. Really, it was just nice to see Janai come out there and kick ass, and it was nice to see Sawyer um, solidify herself as somebody who's really worth a damn in GCW. Yeah, and I like too. This was like I think the first time I've seen Janai. Kai go up against another woman that's bigger than her because normally Janai Kai yeah. is the, the monster that with that look and the badass where this was kind of a change of pace for her and I think like for both women this was a one of their better matches I've seen with both of them because they brought it and they brought it in a more like I said realistic kind of setting yes the chair got involved but it wasn't the whole match like a key focus on hey we need to get this door this chair this table like it was constantly of Let's focus on our striking and like the MMA kind of jujitsu and stuff like that. And I love seeing that because Janakai, like she got that, like, I don't, I forgot what it's called. I should know the name of it where she had Sawyer wreck underneath like one arm, but then wrapped her other arm around her body and grabbed it for extra leverage to pull on. Like she does that move often. And I like seeing it. And uh -huh. it, it looked really good against Sawyer wreck because Sawyer wreck so tall. You could kind of see when the, you hear the announcers always talking about bring the bigger, 
bring your opponent if they're bigger bring them to the ground everyone's the same size and like i kind of like right. saw it in that move it's like hey sawyer wreck is out like she's taller than janai kai but in this situation they're both on the floor janai has an advantage and they're all the same size on the ground i love just that part of that that part of that uh hold because it looked really good in this situation in this match but overall very very entertaining match i loved seeing the intensity that both women both women had and uh yep sorry wreck continues her wreckage in the jcw gcw ring and she picks up another win over janai kai that will lead us into our sixth match of the evening as janai kai's other half yoya goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey in a martial arts match. And once I read the martial arts match, <laughs> I was into like, I was in all this night. Like this whole night was actually, I was expecting a fun show, but it actually did way better than my expectations. Every match almost. And yeah, uh, yeah. Martial arts match between Speedball and Yoya. I was all in for it and wanted to see what Yoya could do with Speedball since Yoya is obviously at a size disadvantage, but the little, the little fucker could go like, He's the shooter. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. When we were talking, I remember we were talking a couple of episodes ago and I could not think of the name that they could call like the Yo-Yo had. It was a shooter weight. It was a shooter weight because he's like a shoot style wrestler. Shoot yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, him against Speedball is all in on this martial arts match. What was your thoughts on this match? Uh, my thoughts are I love the freaking ninjas, dude. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if it was the kid in me or whatever, but I love the ninjas. You know, Bailey comes out. I think Yoya comes out and just kind of goes through him, but Bailey comes out and he turns around and bows to the ninjas. The ninjas all bow to him. It was just, it was creative. It was a lot of fun. The match kind of starts. Uh, they start with a bow and a handshake between the both of them. Kumite and you're the best around chance start breaking out with the crowd so they become a very karate kid style crowd really quick both uh both people go into like double cranes at one point but um they go to the outside and they start to fight the ninjas and they have to fight each other because it was a lumberjack style match but i wrote down here this is great i was really having fun with everything that was going on here uh lots of similar moves it was really a good match like back and forth how they were you know just going Bailey, great top rope. God, I'm like winded here. But um, the yo-yo chance, great. Uh, Bailey, great top rope outside moonsault onto the ninjas. It was kind of fun watching them hit and they all fall down. Yep. It almost felt like the ninjas gave more impact. I don't know how that made sense, but it was kind of cool. Like he, he, you know, tope off and then boom down. And then you see like six ninjas just boom onto the ground. And I don't know. And when I first saw the ninjas, I immediately thought this where you this is would have been a cool spot where if that Slade and Vance Warner match was near the end of the night, this could have been like the match right before that match where you have a super tall ass ninja who kind of doesn't get involved, but you kind of just still see in the background that nobody like they look up at him they're like, okay, I'm not messing with them. And then they just go <laughs> on to the next ninja. And then that that hood foot could have stayed in that ninja mask and stayed out there for the next match. And you kind of see Slade like look at him like who the hell like what are you doing and then that's where hoodfoot could have unmasked stuff like that's my original thought when i was thinking like oh this would have been the perfect spot to kind of do the surprise thing with hoodfoot but um yeah this match was fun i loved how they kept the karate kid kind of style this the whole match started off like that and speedball's always like that anyway yo yeah not so much yo yeah is just the one like i'm just gonna shoot on you take you to the ground great find you and just have my way with you on the ground where speedball does the kicks does the whole like the handshake and the the bowing down and stuff so this was fun they both like 
are super fast paced. Like, yo, yeah, like, yeah, he is yeah. small, compact, and he's just as fast as, if not faster than Bailey. And Bailey with those kicks, when he does those speedball kicks, it's like, yeah, this was this was a fun kind of. It kind of felt like a little movie scene, kind of too. That's where I was uh-huh. kind of getting into it. Once the ninjas got involved, I was kind of seeing a. I felt like I was in a ninja movie watching like. What was that movie three ninjas that came out except with two ninjas here so three ninjas yeah wow yeah so I had to go to my playbook for that one yeah and it, you know and it started off with actual like they tried to do like karate chops and shit at the, in the beginning which you know is hilarious at the end of this all we had both guys chants so um yeah the ninjas added a lot to me i was really having fun with it i don't know what made it fun it just was fun it was just highly interactive. I, I, I just I think what made it fun to me is because like I didn't know how much the ninjas would affect the match as lumberjacks. Yeah. I mean, once they stood out there, I'm like, okay, are they on someone's side? Is someone paying them? Are they gonna? Is this like Charles Mason way of paying people off to go beat up Speedball and Yo Yo? Uh, I was just wondering where it was gonna go to it. Where where it went? I'm glad like just having Speedball and Yo Yo take out all the ninjas was awesome and fun seeing, but. Yeah, this was entertaining. I would want to see these after, like I want to see these in just a regular one-on-one matchup now because I think these two could put on a crazy, super high-intensity match that could show off a lot of striking skills and the uh, Yo-Yo's ground game too. Because we haven't seen much of Mike Bailey's ground game, I, other than I see him use I think like that Navarro special. I think he called it the crazy like mm-hmm. sharpshooter figure four ankle lock like that move. Um, I want to see. Sp- more what speedball could do on the ground because i've literally seen him do everything else in the ring i would like to see more of a uh ground-based style to kind of see more of what he can do on the ground but speedball is top five right now i for me he's my second favorite wrestler because he's he's just like joey janela i don't think i've seen a bad match from him and like they are for all formulaic but he tells such a great story heel face and with everything during the matches and it just every speedball match to me feels important when i'm watching it and that's why i think i kind of like him because it gives me a reason to get invested into these matches and i don't know what it is what he's doing different like i can't put my finger on it but he is doing something that's making me come back and watch him so of course i want to see more speedball against yoya and hopefully the near future in a gcw ring you know you're right he has this invisible it i don't know what it is but you know you see this fantastic uh you know, he got the fantastic smile. He's got the great music. He comes out and he has a fantastic move set. The whole nine. What's missing? Microphone. Dude needs to grab a microphone now because he's so damn likable. What's left? If not a microphone, get the guy a damn mouthpiece in the way of a manager um, because he needs it. That's that's all that's left to propel him to probably close to the top of uh, of GCW. I don't see why he couldn't go further. Yeah, I, I, once you said that, I was like, I never heard Speedball talk other than what he's done in the ring. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. like, I just love his facial reaction with Jordan Oliver, like at the Joey Janela Spring Break Part 2, like when they went against each other and like Speedball's on the top rope and they all just do the Speedball chants and then Jordan's in the background doing his Young, Dumb and Broke chants and like how loud it got and you just see Speedball just turn looking at him like, whoa, you got a nice fan base. That was good. Do it again. Like, I, he has that charisma, as you said, like we just now need to see it and hear it more because i actually i the only time i've really heard heard him talk is on his twitch streams like and i'm not a big impact wrestling watcher so maybe he's talks on impact i don't know i'm just starting to get back into impact because because of speedball to be honest with you ever since he became x division champion i want to 
go out and see more of him and seeing what he's doing, especially with the impact roster and stuff like that. So I haven't really heard him talk other than the Twitch streams, but I know he's like, he's kind of like the soft spoken, like quiet, but like the vocabulary too. Like he's a very intelligent man from what I've seen on Twitch. And I would like to see him use it more in a GCW ring on the microphone and stuff like that. Well, it's not like he isn't talking on the Twitch stream and whatnot. Yeah. I had a chance to talk with him out here in Las Vegas, as kind and as nice as can be. I did not hear or have any notification or indication whatsoever that there isn't a reason why that boy couldn't talk. I'll say, well, boy to me, <laughs> but yeah, why he couldn't talk because he seems quite capable. Again, intelligent, polite. Uh, you know, smart enough to know to be polite. Nice guy. So, I I really wish because. Uh, What's left? What's left for us to see that? I mean, we're just missing that. I think what's left of what I want to see, that's where I was going to leave for my next point. He's on uh -oh. the very uh -huh. short list of people that I want to see uh -huh. go against Moxie right now. Ah, I, ooh, ooh, yeah. That, yeah. Just the styles and how I think that would hmm. be just a violent match. Like, kind of, I think it would be similar, but at a higher, uh, more fast-paced match than what Speedball had against Suzuki. I can see a lot of the storytelling, the strikes, and going back and forth and just beating the shit out of each other. But, of course, it being more Moxley, who's obviously younger and more active than Suzuki. Where I think, and Speedball, like, that was another thing I was going to say with his matches. Like, there is not a slow point where we catch our breath and stuff. We saw it a little bit in the Kylie Ray match, but I think that was perfect for that match because yeah, they're both yeah. their facial reactions, the way they sell the moves and the storytelling was perfect for them to slow down that match. Where every other Speedball match I've seen, it's go, go, go. And I think that's what I love to see. I want to see the in-ring action. I don't want to see five rest holds, six rest holds. I know there's storytelling involved with all these holds and techniques and stuff, but like I prefer my style of wrestling when I watch is the go, go, go. And Speedball is that for me. And him against Moxie was like, that's, I, I, there's like four wrestlers I think right now that could go against. Moxley for the GCW title, not named Nick Gage. That makes sense to me where as much as they've won lately and the impact that they're doing and how good they've been in the ring, it's Mike Speedball. I think Vance Warner should be the next person. Then I think Joey Janela. Then I think I would like to see Joey, uh, Jordan or Speedball go at it because like all four of those could put on a great match with Moxley. All four have logistic reasons to go up against the belt and not just talking about it on the wow. microphone and talking their wow. way into the match. Like Those are the four I would like to see. And to me, Speedball is the most intriguing because of the matchup styles. But I think if it's Mox against Joey, it's going to be a crazy fuckery match. Mox against Jordan be a nice, good, solid match, but I think it might end up the same way as Blake versus... Uh, Boxy went because Jordan kind of has a similar moveset. Um, who was the other one I said? Um, oh my God. Who was the other one? Man, man, Mance, so Warner. Mance Warner yeah. and Moxie, those two, like those would mesh well together. But Speedball. Yeah. Speedball against uh, Speedball against Moxley would be two yeah. very different styles that I would definitely want to see. Our winner, Mr. Mike Bailey. Good old Speedball pulled it off here. He basically just kicked the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I basically didn't have my notes there for anybody who's listening. I just didn't have a note for how the finish went on. And sometimes Flamingo that, driver. That's all. Is that <laughs> yeah, Flamingo driver. That's all that needs <laughs> right. So So this match finishes out. Everybody's happy. This is very... Um, it's very cordial between the two. It's it's loving. We all know that there are no enemies here. And then the ninjas come in after the match and they surround both men. 
All of a sudden, you see powder blown into Bailey's face. Bailey's beaten first. You see Yoya kind of standing there, but there's still a bunch of ninjas standing around Yoya. Watching the beating, I originally thought that maybe Yoya had something to do with all the ninjas yeah. because you were seeing just one ass beating going on that too. But eventually then the ninjas go ahead and they start beating up on Yoya too. Uh, Yoya starts cleaning house, kicks the crap out of all the ninjas. One ninja remained, one lone ninja. This so, motherfucker. Uh, so that ninja turns around yoya comes up to him blows powder in yoya's face and starts beating up yoya the ninja pulls off his mask it's charles fucking mason mason comes out again and surprises everyone he has a problem with yoya for sure yeah oh yeah once i saw the him turn around and blow the the blow the powder into his face. I'm like, that's fucking Mason. I know it. Like, why? I saw the walking around. I saw the walking in the ring afterwards because he kind of has a yep. a walk, a little strut. So. Yeah, yeah. That can't get rid of him, man. But that's what makes him so fucking good. And like, I think they, as you said, they need to capitalize on that because to get that emotion, we're like, I was like, I literally, I think I was, I had my mouse in my hand. I think when I saw it, so I was like, I think I was like reading an article or something. I was like, oh, your mouse in your hand. Yeah, my, my actual okay, mouse, mouse in my hand, my okay, keyboard okay. and mouse. I had my mouse in my hand. Like I think I was reading something on one screen, and then like I think I was going through Twitter, like reading uh-huh. what was about that match, and then I saw like the ninjas coming. I'm like, oh, they're just gonna steal it and whatever. Then I look and I saw like just one one with Yoya, and I was like, powder. Oh, and I threw my mouse down. I was like, it's gotta be Mason. This asshole is everywhere. But that's yeah. what we, we want to see. That's what, like, it just creates a better product with you have a very hateable heel that's going to get the heat no matter what. And no matter who they're going against, that person's going to get the shine and face and get the cheers for him. So Mason's doing a very good job. They're doing a very good job booking Mason, too. Like, I like how it's, he's kind of is now. Before I said he was stuck on Everett Connors and Charlie Evans forever. Where now it seems like, okay, he's moving on. He did his Manders match. That's over. Now he's back to Yoya. And I loved seeing Yoya destroy all the ninjas too, because it threw me back into the backyard wrestling match where he, like, Yoya went on the body slamming spree of slamming all the big guys on uh, one, on the team. Then he turned around, started body slamming his own teammates and body slamming the ref. Like, I yeah. love Yoya when he gets in that zone. He's just like uh, the unstoppable zone. It's just like, get out of his way. You don't know who he's going to go after. And he doesn't know who he's going to go after. So I would like to see them do it that one time with like Janai Kai there. And like, like Janai Kai is like, hold up, you ain't going to body slam me. Calm down. I would love to see them push the shit out of Yoya to the degree where maybe at one of the big shows, Marco Stunt shows up and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. Wait, 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 now you're the new guy, huh? Yeah, the guy that everybody loves. Let me let me remind you who they really love. Giant versus giants. Let's see it. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, man. But Mike Bailey, Yoya, mixed uh, martial arts match. Very fun, entertaining match. And Charles Mason, you're still an asshole. On to matchup number seven. <laughs> lo- uh, like we're not gonna. Turn- He's not gonna get the lovable asshole like Tony Deppin no, has though. He's no. gonna just be like the absolutely purely hated asshole. Well, he's allowed to fuck up storylines, just not my favorite storylines. Right? See, see. <laughs> All right, match number seven. We have a Lucha Extrema tag team match as Los Macizo, Ciclope, and Medio Extremo go against Wasted Youth, which is the team of Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers. And, of course, Los Macizo's hours already in. It didn't matter. 
but to seeing it against Dylan and Marcus Mathers. I think I didn't, I didn't even know about this match until we did that last podcast when you said it. I was like, wait, who are they going against? They're going against Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers? Like, yes, because that's just, to me, another version of Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver, except a little bit more uh, not as polished, not as a... um what's it called that like experienced tag team as Jordan and Nick Wayne were. And so I was obviously hoping for a very similar match to what we saw at LA with those uh, two teams and Dylan McCann, and Marcus Mathers stepped up and I can't say anything more like other than like they stepped up because this was, would have uh-huh. been a tough match and Marcus, holy shit. <laughs> Marcus yeah. was like one of those ones. He's like, hold on. I'm in the ring with the Macisos. Let me stay in the ring. Give everything to me. I want to just be in there with them. And, I loved it. I loved how Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers stepped it up, and I loved how Los Macisos, like, didn't slow down. They kept it on them the entire time. This was a very fun Lucha Extreme Attack match. What was your opinions on this match? Okay, so this was kind of interesting here. I have watched Los Macisos ever since they've got back. I think I've watched every match since they've gotten back. When they first came back, you were excited. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, Los Macisos. For me, I didn't know much at all. I can honestly say now I 100% get them. I didn't before. I now have your same excitement watching them come out. They're just freaking fantastic. Solid. That's the best word I could put. Solid. If you needed a tag team to go out there and do something, they'll freaking do it. Jump off of there. Do it. Break this. Do it. Go over here. You know. Oh, God. I don't know what boundaries they have, but I haven't seen where it is yet. Yeah. Like I said, like you yeah. go out and have a death match during a tournament against each other and beat the shit out of each other. And yep. uh, how about you throw a brick at your brown brother's head too? How about we just throw on that in the match and they do it. Like, doesn't matter what kind of match you want them in. They have, I was skeptical of them without being a death match. Cause like before they left and took the kind of, well, not took a hiatus, but weren't wrestling for GCW for a couple of years. I only saw the death match versions of them. I didn't know how they could do against a, let's say Jordan and Nick Wayne. And like, that was one of the first matches where it was kind of like, Hey, we're not death. That wasn't a death match or extreme kind of style, even though they incorporated their own chairs and tables into it. It was more a realistic, normal two on two tag match. And I thought that was my moment watching them. And that match was like, Oh, they could go without the, the fuckery or any of that stuff. They could make do as a regular tag team. And they kind of showed it in like the scramble matches where they were kind of in and it, it, they're just fun. And I know when that Brett made the announcement, I got a huge announcement. And then like they, he said, Los Macisos are back and everybody was kind of like, really, that's your big announcement. You had all these other things you could have done, but that's your big announcement. And I was just like, for me, I was on the opposite side. I'm like, yeah, Los Macisos are back. And like, cause it's been, like I said, I've only seen a little bit of them, but it was in the death match. And, they have gone above what I wanted them to do since they've been back. And yeah, this was, this was fun. And Marcus and Dylan, I loved how, like, as I going to keep saying they stepped up cause this was a big step up for them and they definitely did it. And once again, another fun and entertaining Los Macisos tag match. And I'm, I'm kind of glad mo- like you were liking them more and more people are seeing. Cause like, yeah, and, I, and yeah. I'm not saying like, I've, I knew all this was day one. I knew the, violence and the craziness was there but i didn't know that they could be hysterical on commentary i didn't know they had the crowd behind them that much i didn't know they could go without it being a tag extreme lucha match or lucha extreme match i thought they just needed the death match wrestling and no they could go no matter what you what you put them in they have succeeded as we've seen with effie in the settlement series you put him in as a supreme court pussy he's gonna kill it and knock it out of the park and i just love 
I love seeing other people enjoy Los Macisos as much as I do because, like I said, like yeah, I, it's even yeah. for me a big surprise. Well, it's um, they're versatile. I think that's the best way to maybe put that. But from the beginning here, I was really expecting a great match. I was laughing because Ciclope was fighting with the mask that he came out. And and then he's literally fighting with it. You can see him kind of trying to make sure he can see out the eye holes and shit. Eventually yeah. he throws the damn thing off. We're getting great lucha chants from the crowd. Minute four, we have chairs. Minute five, we have ladders. Minute six, we have doors come in. There were doors on chairs on doors like a fucking cake built on the outside of the ring. It was fantastic. I wrote here probably seven minutes in that Marcus had taken probably 90% of the offense and he was bleeding really good. Dylan was fresh as a daisy. He comes in, had a nice lion salt on a ladder. Eight minutes in, Miedo starts bleeding really good. Um, probably 13, 40 minutes, 14 minutes uh, into the match here, we go back to Mathers really wanting it again. I really want to say Tremont has created an absolute gem in Mathers. I see Mathers being picked up by a major company. It's only a matter of when he's got the face, he's got the body, he's got the whole shebang. I really hope he doesn't get banged up in matches like these and screw up his face or screw up something major to where when it's time for him to be in his prime, he's he's having a hard time, you know, getting in the ring. So I, I really hope he protects himself and I really hope he understands that he may may be sitting on a million dollar car and I hope he treats himself as such, but it took about 12 minutes in this. No, you know what? I know you want to say something there. So I'll stop for a second. Is there anything you wanted to say about that at all? I was just going to say like, I, I agree with the Marcus Mathers thing because I know when he had his quote unquote death match, but well, that uh, crazy match at the backyard wrestling with Jimmy Lloyd, where he kind of got busted up and was bleeding and did the, uh, the, what's it called? Spot, the, the needle through the mouth. So I think he did it to Jimmy yeah. still, but like, like I remember seeing a couple other people say the exact same thing you did. It was like, Hey, like he's still so young. He doesn't need to do this and stuff like that. And I'm one of these people. It's like, if he's enjoying it and he's, yeah. he's not being forced to do this. Like if that's yeah. what he yeah. wants to choose, let him do it and have fun. Cause he's, he did pretty good in the, that death match. He's obviously a more normal style wrestler and he's, very awesome at that as he said as you said like he's still so young where it's like let them do what they want to do like it's he's not being like it's not like he's not trained going in there he's freaking trained by matt tremont so if, if matt tremont trusts him to do death matches like let the guy do death matches he obviously knows what other person is going to make that decision better than tremont or nick gage you know yeah so like i'm the same way with it but i i prefer seeing him not do yeah. this yeah. because like i I don't like to, I'm trying to get more away from it too, after especially seeing Los Macisos and Alex Cologne. Like, I, I'm enjoying seeing these quote unquote deathmatch wrestlers not do death matches and do regular matches because you get to see a different style than we normally see. And when it's like Marcus Mathers or like even when Cole did it, I never saw Cole do like really a death match until he did that match with Orn Vite. But I, I heard like, hey, he's done maybe one or two. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I know he's crazy, but does he really need to do the death match? But you saw how good he did. And like, I think yeah, the world saw yeah. how good he did. It's like, why would, if he's enjoying it and he wants to do it, and he's that good at it. Why are we going to tell people not to do it? Even though they don't need to, I, I 1000% agree. It's like, it's very interesting where I'm trying to get rid of that thought of, okay, he's a death match wrestler. They're a regular wrestler. I don't want to see them cross paths running. Now it's like, I don't mind seeing a Marcus Mathers doing it, even though I prefer to see him in a regular setting or Los Macisos. Oh, I would like to see them in a regular tag match without the fuckery. It's like, I just like seeing all these different styles go together now and 
Marcus Mathers, I agree. I think he's actually even way better not doing the death matches, obviously, but I would I think he's got a bright future. He's one of those ones with Nick Wayne and uh Titus Alex. Titus is the one I'm always gonna like. I think he's even more ready right now than Nick Wayne. And as we've seen in these next uh one of these shows we're gonna cover, the last LA show just happened this last weekend. Like I think Titus has but him and Nick Wayne are close, and I would love to see them just have a lifelong feud of like kind of like how Triple H and The Rock did. It's like, hey, you both came up at the same time. You both kind of got the same pass. And I could just see Titus like, why did you only got that because of your dad's name and stuff like that? Nick Wayne's like, well, your dad was a wrestler too, but he wasn't good enough. You could use his last name. I just see like a lot of different story angles that could last years with those two. And I can't wait. And Marcus Mathers is another one where he's going to have a very bright future in um, – or he has a bright future coming up as well. So I love seeing Marcus Mathers kind of get bloody and dive into this one. And same with him, Dylan McKay, like seeing him bloody was kind of a shock to me too, that bad because I've never really seen him get like that. I know he's crazy, but he seemed to enjoy himself too, getting all bloodied by Los Macis. So that's why I kind of looked like saw this, like they both got, they were just excited to be in there with Los Macis. So we're like, Hey, yeah, I don't mind. Go ahead. Bust me up. I'm in here with you guys. Let's have fun with it. So it's yeah. fun seeing the guys just have fun. Yeah, this this thing took like twelve minutes for wasting youth to get in some offense. Yeah, it's just a total aspie. And and I mean, the kids are young, so they can kind of take it. But man, it was vicious on that end. All four men, all four men were back on their feet around the fourteen minute spot, and they started facing off with each other. Turned into a spot fest between minutes fourteen and fifteen. Dylan gets put through those two doors and chairs that cake that I was talking about earlier via a splash mountain, which is primarily a race. Razor's edge. The Macisos beat the shit out of Mathers. There's no better way to put it. Mathers earned his paycheck that day. And the other thing I wanted to also mention real quick was the fact that you were talking about how you want to see a lot more of these death matchers wrestle. That's because I think you've kind of matured along as a wrestling fan and you're focusing on quality. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I've noticed that myself too. Like, and I'm kind of consciously trying to grow as a fan because like I said, I just got into this indie scene a year and a half ago. So all of this stuff is new to me. I'm loving it. I love every minute of it. But every once in a while, I see myself go into like my old wrestling fan. was like, that's stupid. Why would you do this? And I was like, hey, it's not stupid for some other fans. Let them enjoy it. It might not be for me, but I don't got a shit on it. I could just, okay, was it for me? Good job. You guys did a good job. Yeah. But like... I'm trying to mature myself in all these different ways and thinking, and I'm still like, hey, that's part of life, but growing, maturing. I'm going to have a thought here today where next time I'll go like, hey, I'm wrong. Like I did with the Extreme title. Like when we were talking about it, I went back and watched a lot of AJ's run, AJ Gray's run before Uh Cole got it. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't give AJ Gray enough of his his run, I think it's because we didn't see him for that long a time and that kind of made it sour in my head, but it's like, no, I was wrong. He's doing all the same stuff Cole was doing. He was doing the crazy death matches. He was doing an awesome one-on-one match against ACH with no tears, none of that stuff. I, th- I want to even say that was a, no, that wasn't a pure rules match. I think he had a match with Gresham but that was a pure rules match, and I don't think he, I don't know if he was the extreme title holder at that time or not, but like I, I kind of didn't give AJ Gray enough credit for his run as the extreme title. And like, that's where I, the next uh-huh. one of the next days I was like, Nope, I'm wrong. So it's just growing. It's just life. It's just humans. You got to grow and admit when you're wrong and keep on evolving. And that's the only way anything and everything is going to get better. So I, I will mess up. I will absolutely mess up, but hopefully <laughs> I'm matured enough to catch myself or if someone informs me that I'm wrong or I have a bad opinion, I could be mature enough to think about it and make a 
good conscious decision, not just try to appease everybody or think I'm the one that my own thoughts matter. So like I'm trying to evolve. So hopefully I can keep on evolving as a fan. You can, you can do it, man. That's tough sometimes though. No, that's fine. Uh, You know, everything is so short term that it's hard to remember things from even a year ago. That's okay. So this kind of goes in with just an interesting little thing, but with the lack of storylines, all you can kind of remember are spots. And after a while, the spots kind of mold together in your head and it's hard to remember. So people, maybe some don't understand that the storylines are really, really what's memorable. I mean, everybody remembers, uh, oh, geez, it could be a stone cold angle. It could be a rock angle. But the point is, it wasn't because the wrestling match was great. It was because the story they were telling. So I'm really hoping we do get more stories because these stories are what solidify these wrestlers in the company. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it, but without those storylines, when you go back to ECW, what is there to, you know, what else are you going to talk about? There's some great matches here and there, but we have so many good matches in GCW. They really all do some kind of gel together, and we need that storyline to kind of kind of separate them from each other. Like, here's a good one. Name the last storyline you remember from GCW. Give it to me. Off the top of your head, just for fun. Jordan Atticus. Okay. Uh-huh. There you go. December. Okay, and the last one, the last one off of my head, I would say, would be um, Cardona. The whole Cardona situation with um, Moxley, I think it was. Blake. Or it was, no, 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 no. It was, um, no, this was Gage. Gage, Gage Moxley. Yeah, he, that's, why I, that's why I'm kind of wondering how Cardona is going to fit into this Nick Gage-Moxley match because we, I, I we haven't seen Cardona get involved with Moxley other than when Moxley beat Cardona for the belt as a surprise. So I'm yeah. interested to see what happens with that at Fight Club. See if they kind of make a little callback where Cardona costs Moxley the belt, even though it helps right. Nick Gage. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. But no, I, I thousand percent agree with you because the storylines as what gets us invested. Like you hear me just right now, just like, oh, fuck, it's Charles Mason again. Like that's the emotion companies want from these fans. Like they want the, oh, uh, this asshole or, oh, it's this guy. I want to cheer from because he's going to beat the shit out of Mason. Like the storylines is what gets us emotionally involved in it, which makes us want to spend the money to go to the shows to finally get like a ending to what we're involved in and stuff like that. And like, it just adds more in, as you said, yes, we can see 15 cool matches. And I think that's GCW puts on dream cards. Like you're not seeing these matches yeah. in any other companies. Cause it's all these other companies doing working together with GCW to put on these matches. So like they always could kill it with these dream lineups on a weekly basis. And I think that's where they do have excellent, good job or excellent job with it. But I would like to see, as you said, a little more storyline here, a little more storyline there. And yes, it is tough. It's the indies. It's, as you said, a week by week shit changes. But I just like, they have enough of a regular crew or a semi-regular crew where they could be pushing some of these stories. Because I, I, from what I've seen fans online too, like I don't engage with them too much because I I get it, but it's it's to each own's fan. But like a lot of people are saying like they haven't felt invested in GCW since Ricky Shane Page going against Nick Gage. And that was a... Yeah. Two year storyline. Yeah. So like it yeah. can be wow. done, obviously. Like, but I think they're missing a lot of other people getting mostly involved and getting more into it because of the lack of storylines. And again, this is a depth issue because here we are again talking about the fact that if someone would have listened here, a lot more of the fans would have appreciate Los Macisos returning 
if there would have been a video package during the intermission. If we would have just had something there, people like me could have went, holy shit, these guys are good. And then when they come out, I fucking pop with all the guys who do know all this stuff about GCW. I would have loved to have watched this with you and been just as excited in your living room as you would have been. Yeah. Like that would have been so cool. So um, this is another one where it's a matter of depth. We, I'm hoping we think about this more to where, again, we can get these video packages in intermission to where this can catch up people on what they missed a year and a half ago. This can catch up the new fans on some of these newer performers. This can catch up people on the storylines if there are any. Grab your damn phone and shoot a fucking video. I literally did it with someone else in a parking lot two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago, I literally shot a five minute promo with a guy in the parking lot, hooks it up on his computer. Boom. Come on. And that's what they were doing with Jordan and Atticus. Like after I'm so negative, I'm so sorry. But... No, no, it's not negative. It's just saying what you feel. And like, I agree with you because like even Jordan and Atticus's storyline, like what made me stay on is because it wasn't just what happened in the ring. They would do like right afterwards. They would Atticus was like, yeah, fuck Jordan. I'm not, don't compare me to these young pillars. I'm not, they ain't young pillars. They're not deathmatch wrestlers. I am. It was a quick boom, two minute online video. There, the story's extended. It's out there for people to watch, to get involved, to get invested. And then Jordan responded like right after he got like, um, I think he got curb stomped onto a steel chair with barbed wire on it and he's all bloodied up and you see him like after the match at the UCC, they go into the parking lot and like, I think it was him and Nick Wayne are both cutting a promo like on Atticus and saying, yep. you could have been one yep. of us, man. You could have been one of us and helped this company grow, but you really showed us what a really a coward you are. Stuff. It's just like, it's just quick two minute promos, just something simple like that will extend a story and that could be done throughout the week. Throughout two weeks, if there's two uh, weeks in between a show, like just I, that's why I kind of like Everett Connors, his little quick little minute long videos in his car. It's, there we go. Here's a reason to come watch this match. I don't like this guy. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. And like it doesn't take time away from it. Ring. You can do it in ring for everybody or boom, do a little social media. And like I said, I've, we said before, there's guys like Tony D, Ivan Fire J. Um, I, I, there's just there's the video creators out there doing it. For free, for fun, and to help their own stuff out there. Yeah, exactly. For the love of it. And they're out there doing it for without a reason. Like maybe pay, kick these little people 50, 100, but I don't know how much they charge or how much whatever. But hey, make a little cool video where, as you said, we could post it on our intermission. Or hey, go outside with John Carlo was always out there, like with Cardona and Chelsea every after every card. They'd be out there and talking and stuff like that. Like it's it's a simple thing that's like I don't understand. I, I, there's a lot that I probably don't understand why. And obviously that's why I'm not the booker. I don't have the money for it. It's easy to play with other people's toys and money, but I just feel the same way as you do. Like it's such a simple two minute process. Like Jordan, when he cuts his, uh, to bring VXS, when he was doing all his matches for VXS, like he's just chilling outside. I think of his house or in the alley somewhere, just sitting outside, just cutting a promo, quick two-minute video, cutting a promo on Brian Cage or whoever he's going against in VXS, and boom, it's done. It doesn't have to be great quality. It's on a cell phone. It gets the job done, and it gives us a reason and an investment to go into these shows, and I I agree with you. I think I really missed the video packages. I think that's why they got so hot right before Hammerstein. Uh, yeah, Hammerstein, because they were doing the video packages for every wrestler, every single match, and everybody was invested for these matches. where. After Hammerstein, all that shit kind of went away. And 
I think we've seen a lack of notice. it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The fans notice. And I don't know, like, obviously there must be a reason they could do it. Like, who knows? I just think there is ways around it where you could get a lot more progression of these storylines or get fans more invested in these matches instead of just, oh, I saw an awesome dream match. Like, but yeah. imagine if there was a reason for the dream match. Like, how much more invested these you people would be in. The biggest point right there. What if there was a reason for the goddamn dream? Think about that. We talk about uh, we talk about some of these old WCW, ECW, WWE. You know, one of the first things we usually talk about is what went on that created that, or you know, we go through specific matches to look for things. But again, there's that story that just, dude, I, I can't I can't make it anymore. I just yeah, fans are out there. I don't give a damn. Fans are out there saying, look, we need stories to be more invested because what separates the Detroit show from the fucking Boonton show? <laughs> the elf, Seriously, man. what separates the, the elf. fucking elf? Yeah, but I mean, what separates it really? We need to think about that. And if you can't think of a storyline from far enough to that back, and I can't think of one from as far back as say that, what does that say about the last three months? And what does that say about the last three months for the guys that have been busting their ass? And they're putting on much better quality shows than some of the average ecw stuff you'd see oh yeah so they can't say that either but again like i said everybody has a phone dude pick it up most of these guys in the indies need to practice anyway if they want to go up yeah i mean yeah. like we said we haven't heard speedball talking that's like a like imagine if speedball is amazing on the mic and how much that will elevate him even though he's already upper upper level right now on the gcw yeah. roster i just think it's such a easy like I don't know. We say it's easy. We don't know what's going on, but I just think it's boom. Two minutes after this match, I'm bleeding all over the place. Cut a quick promo. Boom. Now it's a setup for the next match. Oh, that wrestler sees it the next day. Post another two-minute video. Now you get fans invested during the week of, oh, was that show Friday night? All right, we got to make sure Friday night. We're not watching anything. We're watching the GCW show. Atticus is finally, finally going to get his come up. It's against Jordan in the the... No rope barbed wire match. It's just it's just simple thing. I mean, I guess other than the more recent one is what we could say. Starboy, Charlie, and Joey Janela against South Pacific Savages. Okay, but that has dragged on for how long? And that's like weeks in between where because Juicy for now and Jacob Batu are not on every card where Starboy and Joey right, is. Right. But they didn't even men make mention for that match after they announced it for a couple shows. Like it's just yeah. uh, there's just a lot of I think missed opportunities, but I I Blake versus Mox, I guess, would be the next storyline, but that's only because Blake talked, but he repeated himself for seven promos in a row, saying, I'm the one, I'm going to be the one, I'm going to be the Graveheart, and then the truth time comes out, and boom, you're nothing but the old all heart with no changes, you talked a big game, you lost, and boom, what was the point of all that stuff? I just think there's a lot of, lot of stuff that's missing, a lot of stuff that, could, that we think it's simple could be done, and I just think there's a lot out there that could be improving everything and get everyone more invested that they're kind of missing these opportunities on things that i see and it's old-fashioned that are missed opportunities number one taking all the opinions like social opinions politics stuff like that uh if you take that away then you don't alienate people that may have opposite opinion yours and that would also ensure that um, people wouldn't be tearing down each other based upon, say, one opinion. Uh, when people are comprised of thousands, if not tens of thousands of opinions. Um, and also, again, cutting these promos. Shit, man, if I was a performer, I would be picking up that phone and putting on so many things online 
because there's so many people that would want to see not me obviously but my face or they would want to see what i'm saying this is like it's a commercial you're shooting free commercials on your phone it's not that hard and again cut a 30 second promo shoot it off to brett get it cut up put it on the show it's not that hard seven promos 30 seconds that's three and a half minutes of time that three and a half minutes of time could be put right in there in that 15 minute intermission that still gives you enough time to put on a los macisos show a match and so can- there's this is just it, it's I, I don't want to say quality but i do say depth if there was more depth there it would add a lot more to the to the overall product yeah and i'm thinking and like i think this should be done like especially on social media too and not specifically on show because i'm the same way i when i go to show i want to see in ring i don't want to sit there and watch somebody talk for 30 minutes 40 minutes like i'm in there for the in ring and do the little two minute videos after the show at the venue you could clearly see that hey that the emotion is still going on. There's a reason for it and it can extend storylines or make it better, improve it. So who knows? Hopefully we've seen little changes that we've said here and there. So maybe we'll see one here again. It's coming up in the next future show. Who knows? Christmas is close. So, you know, you never, you, yeah, you got to ask Santa Claus. Maybe, maybe it'll come. <laughs> and our winner, Los Macisos with the Tiger Driver 91 on Mathers. I thought it was fun to kind of pull it back. In. How about that? I didn't even uh, remember. I didn't even, I thought we ended that match. Uh, oh, did we? Oh, fuck. No, well, well, well. Yeah, but yeah, it got to a point there where after this match was over, Dylan really sold the fact that he got popped hard onto that, those set of tables there. Way better than expected. This could have been the main event. This really could have been the main event. All these guys, you know, they even do the theatrical bow at the end there. They they knew they put on one hell of a match. And I think that's where you, that, I think that's where you know you have a good show. Is like I could see a lot of these out of the eight matches, I could see six, seven, maybe uh-huh. being the main event too. Like that's where you know you got a good card where every match could be the main event. But okay, yeah, it was fun. No. Okay. I was just looking to see. I was almost going to go back and check out the card and go, okay, what would I do? Who would I do? Okay. Yeah, this, this, knowing the whole card now and yeah. knowing how the whole card kind of played out, I would have taken this main event coming up here and I probably would have put it in another place and brought up the Lucha tag team match and maybe given them another two minutes. But uh, no, no, actually, that 18 minutes 18, was yeah. punishing as shit, bro. I was about to say, Marcus was, was like, hey, when is this match going to end? I'm tired now. I, I regret coming in the ring here and getting my ass whipped all the time. But yeah, this fantastic, very, fantastic match. Very fun match. Los Macisos versus Wasted Youth. And that will lead us into our main event of the evening as Masha Slamovich goes one on one against Jungle. Oh, I forgot how they said it. Was it Kiona or Kiona? I think it was Ki- Jungle Kiona. 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 Okay. And well, call me. So if you're right, wrong, it's my <laughs> fault. fault. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Kiana's making her JCW GCW debut, and I didn't know where from, but I'm glad you wrote it there. Stardom, and that kind of yes. makes sense because I was going to make a mention going back of all this stuff, like real quickly, of bringing in the video packages or something like Rina Yamashita, Yamashita, sorry, Rina Yamashita had the GCW Ultra Violent Title Belt on a Stardom show. That's mm-hmm. just mind blowing to me, like seeing long live GCW on Ric Flair's thing, like. 
GCW is represented in stardom. And it's just, it's so cool. Like, hey, like uh, we've talked last time, get a couple of those clips of the matches, a stardom video. Like, I get that might be has way more loopholes and stuff. You got to go around in headaches where it's not worth it. I understand that one, but I just think it'd be cool seeing Yamashita on a stardom show and boom, during a video package, just lets us fans know, hey, it's that belt's out there being defended. She's doing the company good. And She'll be back one day, hopefully, or that belt will be back one day, hopefully. But um, Basha versus Jungle. I've never seen a Jungle Kiona match. I know how what Sla- um, I always mess up her name. Masha Slamovich. Uh, what she brings to the <laughs> table. So I went in with a just open mind because I don't never seen Jungle and like once I heard Stardom on there and seen it from you, like I was like, okay, this is going to be a not so hard, not a Sawyer wreck. Jedi Kai kind of match. No, it's going to be no. more a high flying, slower paced storytelling match. And that's what this match was. It was decent. I learned a lot from Jungle Kiona here. And Masha Slamovich stepped up to the plate with a new competitor. And it was a fun match. What was your thoughts on the match? I think Masha showed off a lot of athleticism in this match. I think a little more even than average. Uh, she really pulled it out for this one. We were getting Jungle Power chance for Kiona. In this match, really, Kiona was mostly in control. She did not look rusty, even though she just had a two-year hiatus from wrestling. So that's fantastic from her. For her, um, good for her. Kiana was no selling Masha's punches at one point, and I'm not really a big fan of her no selling because Masha's a striker. It weakens her character, and that's BS. Thousand percent agree. Yeah, and at one point towards the end, the women beat each other to a point where both of them are down. It goes to a count out close to eight. It is a really good match. It's just there were a couple points there, like I said, where we brought someone in so that Masha could look kind of kind of weak in certain spots. And, and again, being a striker is 100% of who she is. So, you know, that's like making fun of a Ferrari because it goes so fast. Like, you know. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I don't even know, like, I don't know anything i had never seen i don't think i've even heard of jungle kiona so that's why i was like that's why i didn't know what to expect coming to this match and um i don't know what kind of style she wrestles or how over she is in stardom or how popular she is or winning and all that so i had no idea but yeah watching this match was i had a little different feeling than one let's say i was watching the maki ito match where it's like i i know about maki ito i know what she's all about but she still made billy look really good I think that's who she went. No, was it Billy or Ali Catch? Oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. That's so no, many that's episodes. Okay. But whatever, like Maki Ito looked like, hey, I knew what to expect from her when she came here and she kind of played off of everything that she wanted to do. So yeah, when I saw Jungle Keanu, no, no selling that, I'm like, hey, is there something, like does she have the strongest uh, abdominal muscles in all of stardom? And that's why she's no selling it. It's like, Masha, you're punching my sick pack. It's going to hurt your hands and not my stomach. Like I was the same way. I'm like, Masha's a fucking beast. Like, she needs to be treated like one in the ring, and that's what her appeal is, is just beating the shit out of people. And when she's sitting there punching Jungle Kiona 10 times and Kiona's no selling it, it's like, is Masha Slamovich really as good as what we thought she was? Like, I, I had the same thought as you did. It's like, didn't make sense to me, but okay, like maybe there's something I'm missing there or whatever. Um, but Masha definitely, like, this was one of her better matches I've seen, and I like, like, there was a couple shows there where it looked like maybe she was hurt or jet lagged or something going on where it wasn't she wasn't going as what we normally seen from her but these last few matches we've seen she's definitely back to her old self and i love seeing her back in her old self because i between her sawyer wreck and 
uh, Rena and Alley Catch and um, oh my God, who did Janai Kai? Like I, they got a very strong and powerful women's division where I would like to see kind of like a little tournament between all of them. Doesn't have to be a deathmatch tournament, but I think I would love to see all those people in the deathmatch tournament. But um, I want to see Masha do more because I think she is kind of being a little underused in GCW, where like the way the matchups are going on. But she's just, I think she's has a different, she's a totally different wrestler than what we see from the GCW roster. And I think that's what makes her stand out, in my opinion, in my eyes. So I'm I'm going over to cagematch.net real quick and I'm looking up Jungle Kiona. So it shows here that she has six years ring experience and she is a techniker. I'm guessing that means more of a technique style and powerhouse. I don't know if the story was told right. Did you see anything that showed Powerhouse in Jungle Kiona in the main event of that show? Other than her no-selling the stomach punches, not really. Exactly, <laughs> which basically shit on one of our people. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Five foot one, one thirty-six, Powerhouse. What? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. This is this has happened with quite a few characters that I've had to try to understand where they're smaller characters but they they um they want their punches to be 500 pound punches unfortunately it just doesn't work like that gresham's one of them where he fights like he's six six but he's not yeah and this is another one where i really would have loved to have seen the powerhouse portion of jungle kiona because mosh is strong enough to take it and I just didn't see that in this one whatsoever. So if that was the case and she was a striker, maybe she's just getting her feet back out from back up under her. But there were no power moves. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, 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 like de- I saw a decently the, a good match, but nothing that like stood out where it's like, oh, she's the powerhouse or she's unstable. Like I see like Masha, like, oh, she's just unstable. She could... Yeah. Just snap at one moment, go off on everybody. Or Sawyer Wreck, hey, she's tall. She's going to kick everyone's ass. Or Janai Kai, she's a striker. She could kick everyone's ass. Like when I saw Jungle Kiona, I'm like, okay, she's a stardom wrestler. And that's what I just saw was a wrestler. It wasn't nothing crazy or special, but that could be me not knowing the stardom product and the stuff. So maybe I'll have to go back and look up some more Jungle Kiona matches. But like, it was a good match, a good, decent match, but. Like I don't see the technique or powerhouse as you like as you said like I don't see no, that, that with her. It just no, was a normal wasn't match. Asia Kong. Yeah, that wasn't oh, a Kong yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so I'm like, well, you know, that's not Bull Nakano. Yeah. So now now I'm really starting to think and try to fucking draw a comparison. I'm just saying maybe um, maybe something was different that night, but I a hundred percent couldn't have walked out of there thinking that was a powerhouse. Yeah. So, and I'm glad. Uh, as well, I'll go right into the ending. Masha Simovich yeah, does yeah. pick up the win with the White Knight Driver, and I like seeing her back in the win column. Like I said, when she's like 100 percent and on her game, she's an outlier in whatever match she's in because I think she has like something special where she's different. I think that's what kind of made her blow up out here. Was she came out here like the first I saw was like, oh my god, look like this is like a Russian Spitfire. She just like there i take shots of vodka and i go run all over the place and just beat everyone up like i know it's probably super bad say but like that's what i got from her was like basha slamovich that's a 
badass name. She's got the badass oh, look. Can you get a pass? <laughs> well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, she got the Russian <laughs> name. She got the like. It's a badass name. She got the badass look and hairdo, and her in ring style is badass. Whereas that's yep. she's that's something different that we weren't seeing in the GCW independent wrestling scene, women's scene, and men's scene. Like it was just it was no matter what it was, it was a niche that she found, and I think it was a perfect niche for her. Like, but the first time I saw her, I'm like, whoa, she's different. It's like. In a good way. She is different in a good way where I think she had like same thing has that little it factor where it could push her over to the next level. Like and like her presentation too was awesome. I like how she kind of presents herself a little bit differently in impact wrestling with the, like the fro and the hairstyle and stuff. But I think yeah. that kind of looks better when she does it there than what she does in GCW. I think GCW uh-huh. she kind of just like, no, if I'm the badass, I don't need all the pomp and circumstance. I'm just going to, this is me. I'll show up. I kick your ass. I leave. And that's it. Like, so I, yeah, yeah. I'm glad she got the victory and that keeps that momentum going for her or regaining some momentum. She might've lost because like I said, there was a couple shows where it wasn't her full self and we could kind of see it. And we talked about it during the matches, but now it looks like she's back to the Russian badass that I saw, which made me think like, okay, she's different. She's going to be doing something in the wrestling scene real soon. And she got signed by impact. So it's, yeah, it's been nice to takes. see. She has a great wrestling name. Yeah. <laughs> Slamovich. It's just a cool name. Yep. Uh, the end of this match, basically both women bow to each other and we get please come back chance, which I, I didn't expect. Um, but again, it's, again, to each their own. Yeah. No, no kidding. So they do uh, say though, something exciting Atlantic city, October 9th, jungle. Kiana will be coming back to JCW. So if anybody has any interest in seeing her again, you will see her again. That's at Atlantic city, October 9th. That'll also be able to be seen on YouTube. So if you have a chance, check this out. JCW is free on YouTube for anyone who just wants to put the effort into searching. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a, the JCW versus the world. I think if I'm not mistaken, that looks like a pretty good card coming up on October 9th. And that will do it for JCW's Uncensored. Uh, overall, like I said, it was way better than I expected going in. I was excited. I expected to see some craziness, but I, they, every performer did way better than I thought. Like they, the matches were way better. The storylines were way better. The violence was way more than I expected, especially being on YouTube. I was I even like was watching it. I saw some of the comments like after that Mance Warner match or during it. Like, is this show going to get taken off of YouTube? Because there's a lot of blood there, and I don't know if they allow that yeah. on live. And I, I was reading that, I'm like, oh, no, let's not have a situation where they can turn it off. But they've had worse blood on that show. So, um, But it did quickly cross my mind when I saw that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wonder how strict YouTube is being with it. But awesome show. Like I said, if you any of that sounded interesting to you guys, please go to YouTube. Check out, type in Game Changer Wrestling, even though it's uh, JCW. Type in Game Changer Wrestling. It'll be right there on the top front page. You can check out all the other JCW shows for free. And if you want to catch up on the LA fights, since they're about a year, almost like right, like I said, I think they're in October, their year anniversary is coming up. So if you want to check out some of the LA fights um, wrestlers in action for free, check it out on YouTube because these stars, as you've seen, we're now starting to see on GCW more. So some of those stars, if you watch them there and you like them, they'll probably end up on your GCW screen right here in the near future and continue to kill it because it's awesome seeing uh, Hunter Freeman from LA Fights and from JCW, seeing Masha Slamovich, Alec Price, and Marcus, Marcus Mathers, Dylan McKay, seeing all the JCW people. It's been awesome kind of see them when they get the bigger stage with GCW. So it's been, it was fun. This was a fun show. Definitely went above and beyond my expectations. And 
I kind of had pretty good ones for it, but this was very entertaining. I, I, this was a solid show and I liked, liked almost every bit when I was watching it. There was not really downtime where I'm like, Oh, I should go check out something else. I was involved in this show and I liked it. I liked it. It was good. It was really good too. I'm with you, man. So what do you think? Some memorable moments? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, let's reminisce. All righty. So almost every match was able to have a good time and kind of breathe in this thing. Um, every match kind of had something different, even with all the extreme and deathmatch styles. Each one used a variety of weapons. Even if they were the same weapons in the next match, they were used in a variety of ways. So it was almost like when we had Tournament of Death, where you may see a match with um an emphasis on chair shots and the next match may have chairs but it's not going to be an emphasis on chair shots every match had you know it's unique little thing a punishing opener from all these from those guys hoodfoot is back that's always nice to uh say out loud the bull rope match being more dangerous than i thought it would be was something i've you know wanted to make sure i mentioned cole and price killing it cole's title reign being legit Again, we say it a lot more than we expected. Seeing Sawyer wreck in a wrestling match without bleeding like crazy was welcome. The Lumberjack Ninjas, I thought, was a fantastic idea. Macisos and Wasted Youths, it's another quality match from Mathers and Macisos. I only didn't add Dylan on this one because his job in this was more of a spot type situation. So... Um, this wasn't him shining like he normally does. I honestly can say, and I mean nothing against it, Dylan's fucking awesome. This match, I like Dylan, yep. he took a backseat. Somebody had to take a backseat on this one, and also someone had to be, you know, like ballsy enough to go through that contraption they made outside. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, just seeing Jungle Kiona for the first time um, was just nice to kind of broaden the horizons a little bit i'm going to be watching her a lot closer next time to see if i can see some of those elements of uh what she's known for yeah my memorable moments was uh kind of going back to where we were talking storytelling seeing two storylines being told which is awesome seeing seeing hoodfoot show up and hey we're not done we never finished our match slade we're going to continue this it might have happened in gcw but i'm in jcw here now and i'm coming after you don't and it's like on site it don't matter if it's JCW, GCW, who knows if it's in another promotion? Like, it just seems like to me it's like on site with those two, no matter where they're at. So I like that because it got me emotionally involved. So it was uh-huh. cool seeing Hoodfoot come out. Vance Warner and Slade killed it. Um, and going back to storylines, it was nice seeing Charles Mason kind of being the surprise person and jumping Yoya and continuing or starting a storyline. Well, I'll no, continue if we go back to the settlement series. They've been uh, kind of going out for each other all over the place and putting each other in trash bags and stuff. So um, I just like seeing the storylines being continued to told. Um, seeing Los Macisos and a JCW for free was awesome. I'll take Los Macisos any way I can see it. And um, what was the last one I had? I forgot, oh, I had, forgot it. So, <laughs> But it was it was fun. It was, it was a fun show. I loved it. I'm, it went above my expectations. I definitely suggest you guys check it out, especially for free. You're even listening to this. You might not know what GCW JCW is, and it sounded interesting to you. Please check it out. GCW Game Changer Wrestling YouTube. It's on free. It's a JCW show, so make sure you kind of hit the uh, look for that at the beginning. It's JCW Uncensored, and yes, fun show, fun night, and good good way to end the weekend after the settlement series. I kind of like how they did yeah. kind of get violent after all the kind of comedy and stuff like that. I always like to feel like. I'm watching two different shows and yeah, that day was two totally different shows and I loved it. And um, 
I don't know how I feel if they go back to the Boonton uh, Elks Lodge there, but uh, maybe maybe we could see some more stuff at the showboat or some other places. I would actually kind of like to see like a little more some JCW LA fights kind of keep going back and forth at some point, but maybe we'll get that again for the next year's click. If uh, anyone has a chance to talk to Brett, let him know we have an Elks Lodge in Henderson, Nevada also. <laughs> so if, if we need a West Coast uh, Mecca for... Um, <laughs> for lodging uh, type wrestling matches. We've got quite a few out here. Um, you know, we're not, we're not big, but uh, <laughs> we, we can suffice. So if we're looking for a, uh, you're looking for a West coast affiliate for the Elks lodges, we got you covered, bro. Yeah. So we're going to have to turn it, this into the new Mecca of wrestling. That's right. Mecca West baby. <laughs> but yes, fun show. Definitely agree that, uh, or definitely suggest you guys all go out there, check it out for free. Um, we will be back live again for our next sh- episode of the GCW Plants Podcast, and we will be covering the GCW UK tour as they went to the UK and they did three shows at um, Liver- er, in Liverpool, and they kind of did a couple different crossovers. Out of the three events, they did like two kind of crossover series with the... Uh, the TNT roster that is out there, but then they also had their own special GCW and Liverpool show, but all three shows phenomenal. In my opinion, loves that crowd, that UK crowd. It's going to be fun talking uh, about them. I, that's I, not I crowd, man. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish there would have been a new Jack moment, uh, during one of the matches when, uh, my gosh, they would have lost it over there. Yeah. With, the. With the, the scramble match and the scramble belt, I, I definitely I wrote that's one of my biggest notes I wrote. I was like, oh my God, they could have done like such a cool thing there. If the extreme title belt wasn't on the line, I kind of have a little thing where I wish I could have I wish I would have seen, but um it was awesome seeing all the new wrestlers come in too during stuff. We got a lot to talk about the Liverpool. It's gonna be fun because those were three fantastic shows. And then after those three, we will cover this last weekend show, the GCW shooting shooting star. That happened at the UCC in Los Angeles, California. And hopefully we'll get all those out at some point this week and catch up as we know that DCW is in Japan right now doing a trifecta of shows out there as well. But we won't be seeing those on Fight TV until this weekend. So even though they happen now, avoiding all spoilers, but I haven't really seen much on there. So it's kind of good. Uh, from what I heard, I heard it's like good shows, but I haven't really seen spoilers, which is what I like to hear. Cause... Cage, cage match, just don't go to cage match and look up the oh, specific because no. they do they do kind of put them on there. Yeah, but Can't yeah, hit. I can't wait for those those three shows because those three are the cards for the Japan shows too were fucking yeah, amazing. Like fucking, I, that, oh, <laughs> Japan, yeah, Japan dude. So I can't wait. We got a lot of stuff coming on. GCW has been killing it. They keep on killing it week in, week out. And I'm loving to see them keep on keep that momentum going, keeping it carrying forward, still putting on awesome shows. Yes, we could obviously, we'll chime in what we think we would like to see more of. It could help improve the product, but I am still Fickle. enjoying. Yeah, I am still enjoying every single second. It just obviously, hey, like we're, we just see stuff that we think that would improve the product, but um, it's been, it's been not, that's not, I've, none of this is a knock on it because they've all been good. Like, I think mm-hmm. they kind of, after Hammerstein went on a little downslope of the quality of the shows, but especially since like the Atlanta show, maybe, maybe even before then they picked it up and all these shows have been bangers since then. And I've walked out of everyone enjoying it. So it's been fun. I can't wait to see 
what they got going on after Japan, during Japan, and all that other stuff. And like I said, that'll wrap it up for JCW's Uncensored. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners out there before we send them home, John? Um, yeah, we are all just grown children trying to figure this shit out. Be kind. Yes, be kind. Uh, start hounding out there. We got to get KG back on commentary. Hopefully Please. all's well out there. Keep on supporting GCW because, like I said, they're still doing phenomenal things out there. It's They've been fun to watch still. And I, to me, it sounds like it's only getting better and better. So I'm excited for what the future holds for GCW. Thank you. Yes. On behalf Thank of you. myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, that will be it for GCW's Plant Podcast, episode 22. And as always, we will send you off with long, long live GCW. Oh, we fucked up. We were supposed to say JCW. Hey, you want to try that one? Let's try that again. All right, fuck it. Let's do this. Retake. Cut. Okay. No, fuck it. No, (laughs) no, no. Yeah. All right. Long Long live live JCW. Fuck it. All right. See you later, boy.